Are you tired of the same old pro wrestling? Then check out the amazing action on powerslam.tv, the biggest indie pro wrestling channel in the world. Get over 4,000 hours of the best pro wrestling events from over 110 of the biggest names in the industry from over 15 countries around the globe. Get your free trial today at powerslam.tv. This is Jordan Grace, and you're listening to the Social Suplex Podcast Network. BWB, this is One Nation Radio. You better get it right. Rich Ladder, James Boyd came to give them life. The Blackest Wrestling Podcast has come to kick all ass and drop it six feet if they kick it trash. Word, let me welcome y'all to something different. And if you dig it, man, you should let some friends listen. We be getting it in. This on the regular, dude. Ravish and flow, but this shit rule. See, James don't rap, so I had to break it down. The whole network, man, we coming for the crown. Raps in the columns, I keep them both covered Making the beats too, so the listeners can bump it Hit us with the rating, yeah, I'm saying it's a five Before you hit a talk, bob your head side to side It's One Nation Radio, and this is the beginning It's Rich, and I'm here with James It's time to listen to One Nation The power of the this is Mike Sempervivi from WrestlingObserver.com. Check me out on Wrestling Observer Live every day. And also check out your boys, Rich and James, on One Nation Radio. Uh, this is Kenny Omega. We're listening to One Nation Radio. Check it out, guys. These guys know what's up. Big Kenny Omega fans. That's all it counts to me. Goodbye and good night. Thanks. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the 2019 edition of the One Nation Radio Award Show. Uh, this has been a long time coming, and just want to make sure it's recording. It is recording, Rich. We are good. We are good to Hell go. Yeah. I almost thought that I pulled a uh, <laughs> a major fuck up, but we are still here. We are still alive. We are still kicking. And uh, what we're going to do is we're going to go through the awards that we previewed sometime in December. We already did the work on that, so what we're going to do is just get straight to the awards. Uh, we're going to talk about them shortly, and then we're going to move on. At the end of this, we're going to transition to our 10 favorite matches from last year, uh, all around the world, any promotion, whatever else. And then we'll also throw to, to our contributors from these, uh, 2019 preview or review shows that we did from the implications from Jeremy to Floyd to, uh, Dylan Fox and Josh and everything else. And then, uh, just hopefully, you know, if you enjoyed our show, you enjoyed, uh, the stuff we talked about in review, then, you know, just listen to the recommendations and ha- listen to us gush about some of the best wrestling matches in the world in 2019. And if there's something that you may have missed or whatever else, or something you want to go back and watch, check it out and then kick your feet up and enjoy some of the great wrestling around the world. Sounds good. Yeah, man. And I, I, it, I kind of like how it worked out this year since, you know, January is so loaded with everything wrestling. We just like kicked it until there was a week where we were like, all right, we can plug this in now. <laughs> yeah. And, yeah. um, so yeah, yeah, I don't think it's, you know, too far past expiration date. So, uh, look, without further ado, look, we can get our words up before uh, Observer gets here up. So it's it's fine. It's fine. Correct. Correct. It's fine. Look, most think about it. The Grammys, the Oscars, they always do their award show in February, January type time. It's okay for us to now become 
the, yeah, or, the Oscars, the Grammys. We have graduated. Yes. You know, we, have, we have ascended to a higher level. Yes. You know, like iconic, like, like, like figures over here on ONR, yes. you know, like, you know, Rich, you're a Lakers fan. You, you know very well about this, about all, you know, depending on the team, they have their own specific road trips they have to go on. Like Lakers have that Grammys road trip they often have to go on. Like, when are we going to be able to run out the Right. In uh, the Bulls used to have the circus, right? So when yeah. are we going to be able to rent out Amway in Orlando, and we can have our they can have to go on their One Nation Radio uh, road trip? That that's the plan. Yeah, in the we future. gonna have to figure that out. Yeah, you know, we got to figure that out. Yeah, you know. <laughs> but, so. but in the meantime, uh, where do you want to start with this, Rich? You want to start from the top? Let's go right from the ten up. I always kind of organize it to where it's you know it. It's not like we start with a really important word and then get to one we don't care about. I try to like go back and forth how I structured these years ago, go in the same order if we can. Okay. So without further ado, we're going to stop at the 10 op, the Shawn Michaels in-ring performer of the year award. So uh, we had uh, a lot of nominees. We had, um, uh, we had Adam Cole. We had Johnny Gargano, Will Ospreay, Kenny Omega, Tomohiro Ishii. Uh, Kazushko Kata, Roderick Strong, the Young Bucks, Lucha Bros, Jungle Kiona, Momo, Watanabe, and Kagetsu. So let's get right into our top three with 33 points. Coming in third place, my dog, Tomohiro Ishii. Happy about that. Uh, my dog Ishii getting love out here on, on you boys. Um, in second place, uh, we got with 36 points, Adam Cole with a uh, th- uh, great year in NXT. Coming in second here, but number one with 94 points, dominating the competition in this category. Will Ospreay with 94 points. What a year by Will. Yeah, I think at one point, probably like after Best of Super Juniors, I was like, you know, Shingo, him, they could possibly end up in G1. And for for Ospreay and bo- really for Shingo as well, like, these can both turn out to be just special years for them. And, you know, then it got to the point where it got so crazy with Osprey that I started, like, looking up. I was like, what does this compare to, to, like, you know, Kenny Omega 2018, Okada 2018, um, Kenny in, in Okada's uh, 2017? And then it got to the point where it was like, where this is headed, like, this might go beyond. And I remember you were originally kind of hesitant to that. And I was like, look, man, this dude's killing himself. If he wants to have that kind of year, let him have that kind of year. And sure enough, I don't know how he's not dead. I don't know how he's not going to be in a wheelchair years from in a couple years from now. But he was incredible this year. Yeah, just just absolutely breakneck work, literally, <laughs> from yeah. Osprey, uh, almost. And, um, you know, every single big tournament, he had the most unique opportunity to wrestle in the junior heavyweight division and the heavyweight division, which, you know, that's like a you get all the opponents that way. So right. you can't, you can't really like super J cup you know, as well. They didn't, they just, yep. they like, they, they, let's make a tournament to make sure that will has this all time year. <laughs> Uh, Cole and, and Ishii uh, weren't separated by much. Uh, other, you know, people, you know, to look for Okada and Omega had uh, twenty nine and twenty six points each. Uh, Johnny Gargano twenty five. Uh, everything else, everyone else, other than that, is pretty much just eating up. You know, eating yeah. up points. Yeah, like it's, it's, it, we're gonna get to it. Talk about it later, but I'll save. It, but the Gargano thing is just amazing to me. It's just really amazing. He got twenty five. And he did. He had so little. He did so little wrestling compared to his contemporaries. Like that's how great his matches were when he had the time to actually wrestle before. Besides being like on the sideline. Um, so 
the Will Osprey. Congratulations, you are the yes. Shawn Michaels in ring performer of the year. Incredible. Year. Uh, how how many years straight is this for New Japan wrestlers? Um, I'm not sure. We have we'll, go, sure. we'll have to look into. We'll it. have to we'll go through it. Next week. Yeah, we'll get back yep. to you next week. Um, so we've got the NXT uh, or WWE NXT Women's Wrestler of the Year next. Uh, our nominees are Asuka, Io Shirai, Rhea Ripley, Sasha Banks, Becky Lynch, and Shayna Baszler. And we've got our first tie for second and third. I I don't know how you feel about this, James. If we have a tie, uh, I'll just default to whoever had the most first place votes. Um. Uh, so yeah, that's fine with me. In third third place, Rhea Ripley with fifty four points. In second place, also with fifty four points, but thirty six first place votes. Um, we've got Becky Lynch, and number one, the Queen of the Sky with seventy six points, Io Shirai. Yeah, it's um. It's been a quite. It's been quite a year for EO. She had one of the greatest in-ring performers of uh, one of the greatest in-ring years from any woman in WWE history. It's at worst number four. You have Charlotte's 2018. You have um, Sasha's 2015 and 16. And you have this year. Just incredible work. Um, and they spotlighted her in a way to 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 let you know that like this woman can do anything. And like you've only. And to be honest, from what I've seen of her. For those that have seen her, any of her stuff in stardom or any of her showcase matches or whatever else, like, this is only, like, scraping the surface. There's a level beyond this. There may be two levels beyond this. Or not maybe. There are. I've seen it. But, yeah, just an incredible year. Can't wait to see what they do with her in the future. Um, You know, she got the injury bug just recently. Hopefully she gets over that. It seems like it's not a major thing. But, like, I can't wait to see her in the ring every time she comes out and kicks someone's yeah. ass. It's awesome. Like one one of the things about Io Shirai this year, we all saw all the great matches and everything like that. But one of my favorite Io Shirai moments was a moment that not that many people saw. It was like when she was at an NXT house show, uh, and she was wrestling against someone that uh, she was wrestling against Reina Gonzalez, mm, right? Okay. And Io Shirai, and on they were the second to last match, and then the main event was Lee and Dijakovic, okay, or whatever, right? Oh. Io Shirai <laughs> blew them so far out the water, like showing up and busting your ass on a house show when there's you know, and especially and then when Lee and Dijakovic came out there and mailed that shit in the way they did, um, you just see that noticeable difference in you know the quality of, of opponents. She was such. A great worker in that match. It was, uh, you know, this is truly her award. It, this wasn't even really close. She had, um, you know, when it comes to the first place points, she had 57 first place points here. And yeah. I, there's nothing really close. Yeah. Um, and it's, it, I had my own, um, Io Shirai, uh, house show story. She, uh, she was in the Jacksonville all women's house show. I ended up going to on short notice, super short notice. And she was in the, I think the second match or third match with, uh, Santana Garrett and, it's a match you've never really seen her have in NXT where like, she's just like being super technical and just doing all the great chain wrestling and stuff like stuff. I knew she could, she does or whatever else is in the repertoire, but like you really see her them kind of highlight, you know, more of the high spot stuff that she does. And she was just like, so she's a fucking surgeon is like, this woman can do literally anything like 
literally anything. Like, eventually, I mean, I don't think they're going to have it, but eventually, like, she's going to have some type of, like, flat-out fighting, brawling war with someone, and, like, people are going to be shocked that she's that good at it. Like, no, that woman, when she wants to, can be super violent and it will do anything. She don't care. Uh, she's awesome. Uh, she, she's so deserving of the award. Let's just move on because I can go another 10 minutes talking about how awesome EO is. Yeah, Rhea and Becky, Becky finished with the same, like, kind of exact points. So, yeah. kind of, kind of, kind of funny to see how Becky Lynch kind of has come back to earth, like, critically, at mm-hmm. least this year, uh, as compared to her breakout year. And yeah. then this is the year she was, like, on top uh, yeah. a lot of the year. And then that, I guess that Rhea Ripley thing went over well in the, uh, hearts and minds of, of everyone towards the end of the year. Oh, yeah. Like, I mean, I don't even think from the perspective of how well it's helped her as her, as making her star rise or whatever else, but like it was the right person at the right time for the person they wanted for the right, you know, champion that people just wanted to fuck out of there and off the belt. And like that definitely helped in the way they pushed her. Like nobody's going to be like, nah, this is over pushing or whatever else. They're like, look, man, we need somebody, anybody and get this belt off of Shannon Bates. You get the fuck on. We're tired of this. It's been a, it's been a year and a half or two years, whatever the fuck. So yeah, like, just, just her save it. Gonna not, you know, not to say like Shannon has some bad year. If I believe right, she finished what fourth in this thing. Yeah, she finished fourth, right. and rightfully so. Like, I, um, but it's just you know, it was time. It was time for a change, and she was that change, and people were like, "Yes, please change us." Um, so yeah. So up next, we have our WWE slash NXT Wrestler of the Year. Up first, Io Shirai, um, Johnny Gargano, uh, Roderick Strong, Adam Cole. Daniel Bryan, Keith Lee, Rey Mysterio, and Pete Dunne, who just looks like he shouldn't even been on there. Um, <laughs> but, um, you know, let's go to our top three. Um, just, and Io Shirai just misses the top three in this one here. So, yes. um, with 31 points. So in third place with 38 points, Johnny Gargano. <laughs> go ahead. In second place, with 69 points, and this was a dog fight. Yeah. I thought Daniel Bryan was going to run uh, Adam Cole down. Uh, 69 points, second place, Daniel Bryan. But number one with 74 points, Adam Cole, baby. So yeah. he deserved it. He was awesome this year. I mean, he had the best feud in the company this year. Um, he had more good matches than anyone else. And it, it and he, I mean, he was awesome. He wrestled through injury throughout the whole like last third of the year. He was great. Yeah, I, I think like if Cole didn't win this and Daniel Bryan like had ran him down, I'd be like, I don't right, know, right. because there were like like long portions of the year where like they just for whatever reason they'll just take Daniel Bryan off TV and not let him do nothing or whatever. But uh, they, yeah, this was easily Cole's. Yeah. I think um, started talking about the year of like undisputed era the. Uh, Fuse of Gargano, the matches that you know he got the takeover, to have, you know the takeover uh, TV matches he was having. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, yeah, all that. It, it, it was pretty much his year. He got a different role and was like, "Oh, I'll you know I'll jump up a level higher here." Yeah, um, I, I like to make special note that like Johnny Gargano finished third. It was a distant third, but he finished third on this thing, and he wrestled fifteen matches on TV all year. That's the level of of quality of match he was having with people when he was in the ring. Like, who, you know, we don't know what his injury situation is, whatever else, but like that dude had one of those, you know, you know, high quality, high, super high batting average type of years. It's just 
didn't get enough plate appearances. Yeah, and you, that you just start looking at the rest of the landscape. Like he shows up a little bit more, maybe he's a little higher. Like no, he probably is. He probably is. So, uh, congratulations to Adam Cole for winning the WWE Wrestler of the Year. I would have never. Right. <laughs> right. Like, um, I mean, I will say this: had you known that like Ricochet was going to end up on the main roster by. Uh, really by February, but like he's going to be completely gone from NXT by WrestleMania weekend. Then he's kind of like, all right, well like, you see where things open up for him. And then same for, for uh, Alistair black. You see things open up. Like it was a perfect confluence of so many injuries and them not yeah. wanting to push riddle or them pushing um, Keith Lee late. And then like, regardless of whatever happened, he stepped up, he balled out, Congratulations to him. He helped hold up this promotion in this company from an in-ring uh, standpoint, along with him and Roddy Strong or whatever else. Like, I don't know what WWE's like match quality looks like with an undisputed era this year. I really Look, it are, I it, it's already blistered. Like the the, the 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 landscape is already barren w- with them. So <laughs> without them, good God. <laughs> uh, so up next, we have our New Japan Wrestler of the Year. Um, so our nominees. One, Will Ospreay, Kazuska Okada, Hiroshi Tanahashi, Tomohiro Ishii, Jay White, Kota Ibushi, Shingo Takagi, and Tetsuya Naito. So, um, before we get to, you know, our top three, I would just like to make note, finishing tied for last. With a combined 12 points between them, each of them taking home six total points, Jay White and Tetsuya Naito just completely stinking out the, the building and, you know, and, and then reflecting in the Tokyo Dome uh, to start 2020. These guys, unbelievable. Thank you, voters, for, for, for uh, being honest out here. Thank you for, for looking at these dudes and saying, hey, y'all fucking underachieved. Y'all, y'all ain't, y'all ain't nowhere near these other fucking guys. <sighs> I have, I mean, look, you base off, you look at what happened between on that last night of B block between, uh, you have Shingo and Goto, and Shingo and Goto go out there, and they just completely like outperform what eventually we get later in that night in that main event between Jay White and Naito, and like that is very symbolic of the years that both of them had. Like their top five, top six guys in the company, they don't wrestle like it right now. It, it, they yeah. just don't. It, they don't. And you go to the Tokyo Domes, um, back to back nights and it's a different year. So that's not fair, but like, that's also symbolic of what, of what we, what we've been talking about on this show for the last year or since Jay White came or really 2018 with the, with Naito is like, unless Naito is trying to, you know, land on his neck a bunch of times, I don't think he can like have the kind of matches that, um, that he used to be able to have at this point. And Jay White, I hear all this stuff about the talent and this, that, and the third. And if he's a baby face and, and the character work and this, that, and the third, that's all fine and good. What's the output? Like we do the same thing. We talk about guys on the main roster when it comes to like AJ or Seth or Daniel Bryan or Roman Reigns or whoever else. The ta- Randy Orton, the talent, that's, that, that, that's great. What's the output? Like, I don't care. I don't care what, what he looks like, you know, when he swings a baseball bat. Does he get on base? Yes or no at this point? 
<laughs> so they get on base is not compared to the, the other guys. And look, um, there is something to be said about star quality, or whatever else, and and charisma, and Naito possesses that in spades. I'm not, but this, you know, one issue radio more really focuses on like the in ring, you know, effect on the wrestling more than the other stuff. Like the whole thing is like, end of the day, whatever you're selling to promote a match, and end of the day, the payoff is what the match. So that's what we're about. Like yeah. we, we plenty of times we talked about there's a shitty feud. Hopefully they can save it at the end with the match because that's the, that's, that is the final thing, right? That's the epic conclusion. That is the <clears throat> climax of whatever we're watching. That's what all, it's all set up for. So, so without they further do whatever ado, they want to, if they fuck it up like they do, they do. All right. We're done with the rant. I'm sorry about ranting on Jay White and Naito. Let's move on and talk <laughs> about the actual winners of this shit. Yeah. So, uh, in third place, the the reverse Cecilia Naito, Tomohiro Ishii, <laughs> with thirty four points. Shouts out to my dog Ishii. Uh, in second, Kazushka Okada with sixty points. But in first place, you already know what it is. A man with a legendary year for the ages with one hundred ten points, almost doubling uh, the second second place person, Will Osprey. What can I mean, we say that we haven't already said about yeah. him? I mean, just just was the best wrestler in the world last year. Just was yep. flat out. Yep. Yep. If you don't think so, get get your head checked. You like, if, I mean, if it if you don't think he was a be- he had the best wrestling year in the world, that's fine. But clearly, this is that's an, that is an opinion thing or whatever else. There are too many people that like let it go. No, I'm just saying like everybody has their own specific taste or whatever else, right? Like, but. So many people in this thing that, that, you know, or that watch a lot of wrestling. And I'm not trying to be a wrestling snob or whatever else. But if you watch your fair shake of a lot of stuff from all around the world and, and Osprey's not one of the first on your list, if not number one on your list after this year, based off of what they just did in the year, I don't know what to tell you. I really don't. I'm just, I'm sorry. He was awesome. He was incredible. I told him, let it go. Let, let, <laughs> let, let, let the hate go. <laughs> So, um, our next award, Newcomer of the Year, first year in a major promotion. And the more I stare at this, the more I look at it like, wow, we totally forgot to put Walter on this thing. Does that really count, though? <sighs> I don't know. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? Like, I, I, I mean, I guess probably we should have said Walter. That probably is a huge omission. So, I mean, but the thing is, like, he's an NXT UK he came, I get, well, yeah, I guess. We, we fucked it up. Whatever. Yeah. yeah. He, we fucked it up. Let's just, yeah, yeah, yeah. But I, I, I don't, yeah. I don't know. I don't it know if he would have beat, I don't know if he would have beat the winner. So looking at how this voting played out and, and how dominant he was. Uh, I think he would have beat the winner. Like his top I don't know. So whatever. We'll get to it. Yeah. So, um, first on the list, Angel Garza, Darby Allen, Private Party. Isaiah Swerve Scott, Riho, Joey Janela, Sammy Guevara, and Hikaru Shida. So lots of fresh faces and, you know, someone like Joey Janela pretty much <laughs> and, 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 and Swerve, you know, put in there. So, um, so yeah, let's just start with third place. Third place, the man that rips off his pants, Angel Garza. Yeah. Um, he's awesome. I don't know why they took the belt off the cruiserweight belt off him this early. I don't get it. I don't know. Maybe it's yeah, a, it's a yeah. thing to where like he's gonna win it back. I don't know. I don't know. I I don't yeah. know. He's awesome though. He's awesome. 
He's great. Um, <laughs> and second place, the AEW Women's Champion, Riho, with 40 points. Yes. Like, imagine having somebody that, that's that likable, and they're always fighting from underneath, and they're getting their ass kicked. They take these huge, crazy bumps, and then at the end, they win in the middle with, with whatever move they have to win. What's not to like? What's not to like? Heart of a champion, winner, always wins. What's not to like? It's very Miles. simple. Yes. You know. Somehow the match always works super, at the end. Always gets over wherever she goes. Always one of the most over acts. You know, actually, like, you know, attracts, you know, women and kids or whatever else, especially young girls. It's almost as if, like, all the shit we've heard about white meat baby faces not being able to do anything as far as um, making people care is bullshit. And this Almost. is a woman who 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 hasn't cut narrow promo. Yeah. Like, <laughs> right? You know, gotta have the character. Yeah, they don't even let they don't even let her sit down and talk in Japanese, let alone like do a promo in English. <laughs> but number one by far on this thing uh, with ninety four points, Darby Allen, seventy five first place points. Uh, this guy. It's almost like you see someone grow from like it's like you're in the ground floor of like yeah like watching like a future legend like it seems like and yeah. um yeah, the like, day he wins the championship is going to be a very happy day for a lot of people but yeah. there there's like a lot of like new people that are around and it was so important that they were able to get him out of that evolved pipeline and this guy had like a different vision for himself and he was he was incredible, and he's going to continue to be one of the major stars of wrestling in the future. If he can stay healthy enough to be able to wrestle, that's the only thing I'm worried about with him. Really, like we'll see yeah. about the promo thing. You don't have to be a great. You don't have to be the greatest promo of all time to to, to stay over and and draw money. We've seen people not be great promos and draw right. Like Undertaker's one of the perfect examples of someone that wasn't a great promo or at first and became somebody, but. Besides that point in the spookiness or the quote unquote different character he has, he comes out, he wrestles his ass off, he does death defying stuff. Like, there's a, a lot of Hardy, a lot of Jeff Hardy elements in there. Like, and he's super young. Like, I can't, like, aren't you interested to see what, like, him and Guevara are going to do for, like, the next five years, decade? Yes. Right, right, like that. Uh, I'm definitely very interested. In, yeah, I'm definitely very interested in. It looks like you know. I'm, I know you haven't seen Dynamite this week, but it looks like that's going to be the pay per view match uh, mm. for each of those guys: Sammy so, G versus Darby. Yes, the can't wait. The stipulation must be someone must win. None of this tie shit. Someone must be beaten. Someone must beat someone. So, um, besides other people like doing well in the voting, uh, private party looks like they finished fourth. Uh, people weren't really here for Joey Janela too much, which is like, I don't know, man. I, I think y'all should watch what Joey did, uh, this year. So, <laughs> yeah, I think, um, I think that, look, I think a lot of people were affected by the fact that like a lot of his best matches were on dynamite or not dynamite, but uh, dark. I think that could be affecting that. Hmm. Let's see. And all right. So let's go to our next award here. We've got the Dusty Rhodes Promo Cutter of the Year Award. So um, first on the list, Daniel Bryan. Up next, Cody, Chris Jericho, Adam Cole, Bebe, Rey Mysterio, John Moxley, 
and Maxwell Jacob Friedman. So, um, looking at this, this vote here, uh, I guess this is a reflection of people really not watching WWE because Rey Mysterio was, was damn near <laughs> like he shouldn't have been on this fucker. It looks like so. Um, so uh, in third place, yeah, this with one, forty this points, one's really weird. All right, we can go. Yeah, go ahead. Yep, third place with forty points. Maxwell Jacob Friedman, MJF. Second place with seventy nine points. Chris Jericho and number one with 96 points, 69 first place points, Cody. Yeah. Um, your thoughts, James, Cody and Jericho, my one and two, I had it flopped. Um, I thought that Chris Jericho all throughout the year, um, and also including the new Japan stuff was fantastic. Um, you know, just from having segments to where he has to get over an entire stable of, of, you know, basically people that are next to nobodies. And they did it in one, in one WAP from him doing the festival of friendship thing again with, uh, an AW except with the, except with the honorary Bariqua, uh, Bariqua, uh, gift basket. Uh, the, the stuff where he had to get over, you know, Jungle Boy or get over, uh, Scorpio Sky. I thought, I thought he did the best job of everybody of the year. I thought that specifically Cody um, was great and was especially great in the lead up to the Jericho feud. But like that outside of that, it's, it's a notable difference in the level of, um, of, of the rest of his work throughout the rest of the year for me. Uh, but like those were one to two for me. So I have no issue with however they finished. So, so I think where the strength. So I also voted for Chris Jericho first, but uh, I'll, make the um the argument for Cody here like uh Cody was second on my list so yeah Cody was affectionately nicknamed speech man by me earlier <laughs> in the year so it's like someone that's done all these like rallying cry promos right, on right. all the road to stuff um the shooting back with the blood and guts thing the moment after Vince did it um uh, you know some of the stuff you know he was doing with Sean Spears in the lead up to that he's been just an otherworldly force on tapping into emotion, the emotional side of wrestling. Um, and you know, some, that promo where he was like, you know, where, where he basically was the Ellis Island promo is just, just really fucking great. Like, and I think people really got, you know, they got swept up in it and, and that's why he ended up winning. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's one or two for me. Were, were were those two guys? So I have no real issue. I just I'm just explaining my rationale for why I went with Jericho instead of Cody. Yeah, but but yeah, but Jericho was on some other shit, like another career renaissance. And yeah, uh, <laughs> so uh, up next, AEW Wrestler of the Year, which will it will continue to get more interesting from here. Um, so oh, uh, one we've thing. got. Well, one thing before we go, go back, I am surprised that MJF finished um, th- third over Daniel Bryan, considering that MJF has like he cuts promos, but like what does it really mean or do, and what does it really, um, what does it really go toward so far, especially in 2019? Like we haven't seen what his, what the fruits of his labor actually bear from his mic work when it comes to interest in a match yet. We, we've yet to see that for 2000, uh, uh, until 2020. So, like, the 19 stuff is kind of weird. It was like, I saw what Daniel Bryan contributes to Kofi Mania, and it was incredible. So, that, that, 
I find that to be kind of odd too. So um, up next, we got the AEW Wrestler of the Year. Uh, so first on the list is Cody. We got the Lucha Brothers. We got Kenny Omega, Chris Jericho, the Young Bucks, Pac, Darby Allen, and John Moxley. So in third place with forty points, John Moxley. In second place with sixty-one points, Chris Jericho. In first place with 71 points, your AEW Wrestler of the Year, Cody. Yeah, okay. Whatever. <laughs> Long periods of silence here. Uh, yeah, yeah um, that's, that's so, nonsense. Like, all right. <laughs> it's <Yes>. nonsense. <laughs> yeah, I disagree with this. And... <laughs> It's just nonsense. Whatever, man. Like <laughs> I, I disagree with this, um, and I'll tell you why. So I, I'm pulling up my ballot here. I actually didn't have Cody on my ballot. Did I? I don't even know if I did. I would have to check. Um, so my AW Wrestler of the Year was Chris Jericho. Seeing as how if this were an overall Wrestler of the Year, I would vote for Chris Jericho. Is is you know, and when I did my Observer ballot. I voted for Chris Jericho as Ric Flair Wrestler of the Year. So, um, you talk about a guy who was the champion, who did all this stuff at the top of the card, and had a career renaissance. For me, it's Chris Jericho. Um, you know, and- he's also the guy that's, like, drawing the viewership, too. It's not Cody. <laughs> like, that's so weird. <laughs> so weird. <laughs> yeah. Um <laughs> So I, I had the Young Buck second, and I had Kenny third. You know, I value the wrestling. Sorry. Yeah. Like, um, so, um, so other, other people interesting here. It looks like Kenny Omega finished fourth with 33 points for his just terrible, awful, just down the dump shitter year. Um, he finished so, where again? Uh, he finished fourth. Okay. So, yeah, so for me, I just looked at my, I found my results. I had Jericho first, Kenny second, and Cody third. Yeah. So, congratulations to Cody for winning the AEW Wrestler of the Year. Yeah. I, yeah, whatever. Like, <laughs> whatever. Yeah, I got my head to check and see if Floyd stuffed a ballot box or, or like, something like this. It, it, I don't know. It's, it's like, I'm looking at the voting and how it's breaking down between different shows. Or different uh, categories, and it's like there's an inconsistency. Like we just uh, like if Johnny Argano finishes third for having the best feud and really having incredible matches out of the fifteen he actually had on TV for WWE, how does how does Cody merit how does Cody merit that for AEW Wrestler of the Year? You know what I mean? Like it's it's, it's weird. Like some of these match like. Like EO won for straight up match output, flat out. She won for straight up match output. Mm-hmm. Uh, you want to compare AEW Kenny to AEW Cody? I don't think that's even particularly close. So okay. it's, it's weird. Whatever, Look, man. Like, whatever. People felt people fell into Look, it. Man, it, like, it was now funny. Look, this is what I'll say. This is what I'll say. Look, it was not funny if it was coming from me. Right, I guess so. But I will say this: if this is how people feel. If this is how people felt by Cody's year so much, then obviously they made their own decision by making sure he can never be the fucking champion ever, right? This is a clear mistake, right? If, if, if Cody got people voting out of, outside of common sense, 
in in last in rational reasoning <laughs> that clearly he should be the, he should never had lost to where he can never be champion, right? That's what it seems like. Okay, there we go. We can move on. I better see Cody for, yeah, for worst booking so, decision for like him never be, being able to win the title again at the end of this show. He better be number one because that shit was stupid at the time. And people were like, oh, they'll, they'll find but, some way to weasel the way out of that. I don't want that. I don't want to come out of, I want consequences mattering, but we'll see. Let's, let's, let's go down and finish the show. So, um, we've got our stardom match of the year. So this is the James Boy category. Oh, um, God. so we've got, <laughs> we got our, our nominees. We got Mokmo Watanabe versus Jungle Kiona, Arisa. Hoshiki versus Tam Nakano, Mayu Itani versus Kagetsu at Pro Wrestling Eve. We have a tag team match with Momo and Yutami versus Jungle and uh, Konami. We got Arisa versus Hazuki. We got Azumi versus Momo. We got Jungle versus Kagetsu and Mayu versus Momo. So, um, looking at the top three here, number three, we have Mayu Itani versus Kagetsu at Pro Wrestling Eve with 18 points. Hmm. In second place, we have Arisa Hoshiki versus Tam Nakano with 29 points. And our number one match, massing the most number one points, uh, first, or first place points, 31 points, uh, Momo Watanabe versus Jongo Kiona. Yeah. Um, I think that, uh, okay, based on the matches that are on the list, um, I believe that is the second best wrestled, um, technically wrestled match or whatever, or has the best work overall in the thing. It was an incredible match, incredible stakes, um, all the emotion, uh, hometown jungle loses at the end. Um, I voted for that match. Uh, I had it second. Um, actually one and I had one and two, but it's flopped, but, um, I, there's no disagreement. That match is incredible. Um, yeah, so I'm surprised yeah. that the Kagetsu and um, Mayu match ended up third place from um, Russell Queendom too. Um, and uh, full disclosure, because of the year cut off, a match that I think I think the better Kagetsu and Mayu match is their um, Christmas Eve the match, right? But it, it missed the cutoff because we you know we had to put the the thing up. It missed. Like I think that was. I, I mean, I think that's a four and three quarter star match. So, um, yeah, I, you know, it was an incredible year for stardom and these were amongst the best. And like, you know, it seems like the matches that I thought, you know, were the ones that people, you know, voted for the most. So I guess I made a good list. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Yep. So Rissa and Tam finished in second. That was a uh, one that carried a lot of water, uh, throughout yep. the year. Yep. Um, so up next, we've got our AW women's wrestler of the year. So, Coming through on category here, beginning with Hikaru Shida, Nyla Rose, Chris Statlander, Emi Sakura, Britt Baker, and Riho. So, in third place, with 33 points, Chris Statlander. In second place, with 61 points, Hikaru Shida. And number one with 120 points, 105 first place points. The most dominant, it looks like, um, performance in any single category compared to our competition. Rio with 120 points as your AEW Women's Wrestler of the Year. Yeah. Um, as we talked about earlier, like, it was a recipe for success. Likeable person, gets their ass flipped, fights from underneath, always finds a new and different way to win in the middle. What's well, not to like? And they rode their success and the likability that she, the inherent not likability that she has. Um, and I, you know, I wish they did more with her. I wish she was around more. And that's probably, you know, that's probably a testament to like how 
you know, the strength of her likability is I wish that she was around more. Hmm. Uh, so yeah, uh, I think she's clearly deserving for this award. I don't, and yep. you know, I thought, you know, the way she blew out the competition feels appropriate. Yeah. And there's a lot of dumbasses on uh, social media being very mean to Riho and her, a lot of her comment sections and, uh, the real Lesnar stuff going around and just, what? just people. Yeah. It's just bad faith assholes. Um, yeah, just, just just a lot of ridiculous shit. But Rio had an awesome year, a literal unknown um, yeah. coming from even in Japan, and just coming over here and everyone just likes her. That's that's as much as I can say like about it. So yeah, um, I'd like to see her next feud get rolling like pretty quickly here. But so only what like three weeks away, <laughs> some shit like that. Like four right. weeks away, four weeks, four weeks. So yeah, okay. It's, okay. it's a very end. Of, it's a leap day pay per view. Oh yeah, yeah. Okay, okay. Yeah. So uh, up next, we've got our Stardom Wrestler of the Year. Okay, let's see. Let's see what it is right here. So, um, we've got up uh, first. We got Konami. We have B Priestley. We got Hana Kimura, Arisa Hoshiki. Kagetsu, Momo Watanabe, Jungle Kiona, Mayu Iwatani. So, in third place with 25 points, Jungle Kiona. In second place with 38 points, Mayu Iwatani. And in first place with 40 points, the massive upset, the underdog, coming from the bottom, had to get talked to even get put on the list. The queen. Bow down to the queen, James. B. Priestley is your stardom wrestler of the year. Um, when we made this list, I, I, in my mind immediately, because stardom is so strong with, um, with wrestlers, uh, I, I made a, I immediately came to mind where there, there are 10 people for eight slots. Um, for me, the tenth person, while going through you know up and down, overness, promos, wrestling, great matches, consistency on you know you know tags, all that kind of stuff. For me, B was the tenth person. She wasn't the next. She wasn't the the last person to get snubbed. She was the second last person that was going to end up getting snubbed. And it was going to be a war between Tam Nakano and Hazuki to be on this list for the A spot. And Rich was like. Well, she was the red belt champion. That has to mean something. Okay, I'll put her on the list. Fine. Whatever. The fact that she... (laughs) (laughs) The fact that she won this thing is a full and tacit... um, Is a full and tacit admission that y'all were voting for shit that y'all don't fucking know or watch or even 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 on it like a a a cherry picking level like if you just go in and watch Cork and Hall shows I don't know how you come to conclusion that B Press Priestley had a better year than say Kagetsu who Kagetsu uh you know her whole December was incredible her like all throughout the year is incredible Kagetsu to see her not uh place is very weird to me to see like it's just really weird. Like clearly, like if I was this upset. Arissa didn't place, but Arissa should have placed. If if <laughs> Arissa has a ten times better ex- or um uh case for placing than B does, 
it's, the it's, goofiest. It's really this is this produced one of the goofiest results right here, right? Um, <clears throat> so Arissa received the second most first place votes and the most third place votes, and not a single second place vote. Right. While the difference between B Priestley and Mayu Iwatani was one second place vote. Yeah. Um, on this thing. Yeah, and like right now, if if you were to say who is the best women's wrestler based on output since hell let's uh since august answer me my yubatani like she was she was the best wrestler in the grand prix uh she has had almost every single cork and hall and stardom since and she's had actually every single one she's had a four-star match or better <laughs> like so i don't you know in the beginning of the year she had a torn mcl that she was recovering from so i don't know what the fuck y'all to talk about i mean it's just like if i hand this to somebody that like follows joshi and they say all right these are the lists or whatever first off most people be like why is b even on this list like it is like her we came into it right and granted she's she should be like on a list we have a most improved wrestler list or whatever else she should definitely be on it from 2018 to 19's transition but she has improved to be in the middle of the pack in stardom. And that's definitely a, a jump up for her. She is a, she's someone that vacillates on the line between a good wrestler and a very good wrestler. And like, she is very consistent, uh, compared to say an Arissa. Like she's a lot more consistent. Like she pops in, in tags and all that kind of stuff. But no, this, nah, this is foolishness. It's flat out foolishness. This bow is like, down this to the is, queen. Yeah, You're a whatever. 2019 starter wrestler of the year. V Priestley. <laughs> Nonsense. Hey, Rich, you notice that like we just finished uh stardom uh match of the year, right? How many matches were was B in? That were out of top to eight matches. Very very barren. Uh very, I, I, yeah, very it be, barren. It will be zero. Like yeah, zero. So, zero. Yeah. Yes. It's just wow. Wow. <laughs> okay, guys. Unbelievable. <laughs> What a shocking result. Yes. It's almost as if people just vote. Like, it's almost as if, like, we have a bunch of, like, uh, Americans and they know of, uh, B Priestley through AEW and that's it. And they said, oh, this is a name I know. I don't know anybody else. Let me just vote on it, even though you didn't have to vote on this. This is the most omitted, uh, thing is, uh, right on our, uh, answer yes. on our thing, right? And they still fucked it up. Congratulations, guys. <laughs> Bro, this category was so funny when I was like counting it up. Oh my god, I was dying laughing. Um, so up next are Bret Hart, Stone Cold Steve Austin feud of the year. So we've got a tie for third place in this one, but I will go through the nominees here: Daniel Bryan versus Kofi Kingston, Kota Ibushi versus Tetsuya Naito, Zushko Okada versus Sonata, Tam Nakano versus Arisa Hoshiki, the Young Bucks versus the Lucha Brothers. Jungle Kiona versus Momo Watanabe, Adam Cole versus Johnny Gargano, and Chris Jericho versus Cody. So we got a tie for third here. So we're going to keep the one with the more first place votes here. So Chris Jericho and Cody, you can get in the fucking bin. <laughs> Our third place, Adam Cole versus Johnny Gargano with 46 points. Mind you, Jericho and Cody also had 46 points. Second place, we got the Young Bucks versus Lucha Brothers with 48 points. And number one with 69 points, 45 first place points. Pretty dominant there. Daniel Bryan versus Kofi Kingston. 
I mean, it was the best. It was the best one in the main roster, and it's all the ways one all time best uh pre you know single night or single you know shot um presentations in WWE history. Um, and it's all time pantheonic WrestleMania uh, match. So like I can't. I'm not gonna knock it because it was great and all all these things are great, but um. I, you know, I, 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 I think there are other things that I liked more, and I guess this comes down to personal opinion. But look, the Kofi and Daniel Bryan thing by the end of that match did stuff to people that I don't think many other matches did, to be honest with you. So, I, you know, yeah. I can see why people vote for it, so I ain't gonna knock it. I just disagree. Yeah, my my first place was uh, Cole versus Gargano, then uh, Bucks versus Lucha Brothers, and my third place was Daniel Bryan versus Kofi Kingston. Yeah, let me see what mine was. Um... All right, I'm getting to it. So, oh, I skipped past. Oh yeah, mine was I had see I had Kofi and and, and um, Daniel Bryan second, and then I had uh, yeah, and I had the Cold War Garner one, and then I ended up having Young Bucks and Lucha Bros third. So I, I I mean I even had a second. That's how much that's how highly I thought of it. So I'm not knocking it. I just disagree. Yeah. All right. So congratulations to Daniel Bryan, Kofi Kingston. So our next award here, a little bit change of pace. Uh, more on the fun side here. We have the Macho Man Randy Savage Best Dress Rent Slash Ring Gear Award. James, is it time to rename the award? Um, let's see. So let's, let's see. go through our nominees. We start with Sasha Banks, Mayu Iwatani, Kagetsu, Will Ospreay, Hiroshi Tanahashi, Cody, Johnny Gargano, and Hikaru Shida. So. In third place, with 43 points, the American Nightmare, Cody, always looks expensive when he comes out. In second place, with 51 points, a shock, I might add, here. Uh, I did not expect this at all. You know, the 42-year-old <laughs> ace, you know, showing up. My dog, Hiroshi Tanahashi, with 51 points here. But number one... The Michael Jordan of the microphone, the, <laughs> the, you know, just the best dress consistently getting the award that she should have gotten last year when, when y'all tried to, when y'all robbed her with, with Velveteen Dream and all that cosplay shit. The boss, Sasha Banks with 79 points, 60 first place points here. Yeah. Imagine having someone dressed like a star like that and have someone that wrestles like that and then you don't want to use them. Just incredible. Ain't it? Oh boy! Every yeah. color. The, the the debut of Crip Sasha this year, and all the different <laughs> like all the stars. The um like when when her and Bailey busted out their like Young Bucks style like Golden State Warrior yeah. style gear around WrestleMania. The Royal Rumble gear that she had with like yeah. the, the tiger prints or not tiger print, but like you know, so good. Yeah, she's yeah always so always good. dressed like a star. Always. Every 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 like Sasha Banks uh. You know, gear you can find in 2019 was all time yeah. great. And you know what I'm looking forward to seeing? Uh, and I think we probably shortchanged her on this. And but next year, I think it's gonna be rectified. I can't wait till Bianca Belair is on this list next year for ne- for next year's edition because, um, yeah, she brings it. Um, and like the fact that she makes her own stuff is like also like just added things like yo, she's so talented. <laughs> yep. Like I know they remember like the hill like like Sasha was like a hill for you to die on at certain points. Uh, the fact that they fucked up her career, but like, yeah, 
I think Bianca's gonna be mine. <laughs> like, I just can't believe that, like, I'm already, like, thinking about how they're gonna fuck her up, and I'm already, like, like, this is unfair that I'm acting yep, like they, this. But they, I have so already, much history suggests that that's gonna happen. And, look, and, and I'm already started being fair to, unfair to Bianca. Yeah, Lacey already. Evans. Lacey Evans, Jesus Christ. What are you doing on main roster, not her? What? 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 Yeah. Right, let, let, yeah, let's, let's, yeah. Anyway, congratulations, Sasha. Well deserved. I don't know how many years she's won this, or if it's her first time. But this is like some Susan Lucy shit. She should have been won this shit. Yeah, she should have won it. If yeah, I'm pretty sure this is not her first one. All right, uh, good. yeah. So the boss, I, and I look forward to, to writing you in for next year. So <laughs> for this year, 2020. Um, up next, the put him in a coffin award. So this one here. Boy, this was a knife fight between people that were unarmed. Um, this, this was between the top two on this one. So without further ado, let's get to it. Baron Corbin, Bully Ray, The Forgotten Sons, The Nightmare Collective, Killian Dane, The Iconics, Yoshihashi, and Marina Shafir and Jessamyn Duke. Good God. <laughs> what a record they can throw all of them away and we'll never notice right but let's get to it so uh tied for third uh and it looks like uh the forgotten sons actually had less first place votes it's crazy because the nightmare collective here is going to get that third place spot but they had the second most first place votes yes. here so uh, in third place, the Nightmare Collective with 41 points. Forgotten Sons also 41, but they drop uh, out of that with less first-place votes. Second place, uh, so this was crazy. It was like uh, 30 second-place votes for Bully Ray. <laughs> Absolute domination of the second-place vote here, bringing him within two points of the winner. Uh, so Bully Ray finishes with 65 points, but the winner, your standard bearer for ineptitude, your... Just the ace of inadequacy, Baron Corbin, with 67 points, 45 first-place votes. They put him on top as a main eventer. They gave him an, another new gimmick. They let him retire Kurt Angle, and he never somehow has enough heat. It's never enough, James. Yeah, Um. so is this back-to-back for him? It's got to be. For put him in a coffin? It's got to be. Yeah, so... I guess congratulations on that. It's like he went through the coffin that we put him in last year and fell into another one this year. Like he's just just like Inception. He's just falling to a lower level. Like the crazy part is like the the ward is like based on someone that needs to like go away or start over. And like he got a new gimmick with the King Corbin shit and like this one was also like the worst in professional wrestling apparently. (laughs) Like like he's about to become like the new Kane. It's horrible, bro. Or like Kane used to always have like, like the worst feud every of the year. year. Oh my god, it's just awful. Congratulations like, on that. Like Vince McMahon, like loves having him some terrible shit for big men to do. Congratulations, it's awful man. Um, and Bully Ray, not it. Always don't even get covered on this show. People just knew what it was. <laughs> Uh, putting him on there, he, and he almost stole this shit and won. Yeah, so, almost came out the back door with it. Yeah, unbelievable. Like just, just, just know you sorry. You yeah. know, go be a fan, Bully Ray. Yeah. 
Um, I think it's I think it's real special what like Nightmare Collective did for them to like only exist since like September. Like so they did what they got a third place vote after like only three months of a year. That's how you know whatever the fuck you want to call that this was. So congratulations <laughs> on that too, guys. Yeah, twenty seven points in the first place votes. That's whew, quite yeah, a lot. Yeah. Um, but as I said, Bully Ray dominated those second place votes and got him the fuck out of here. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, it, it almost seems like if you were voting for Baron Corbin number one, Bully Ray was number two for you. Like, seems no like question. It. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, up next, our most disappointing award. General disappointment. You know, bad booking. Uh, just, you know, something that's just like, a long kind of a failure or whatever um so up first we've got our hell in a cell pay-per-view my god just all-time trash on a (laughs) pay-per-view seth rollins face of wwe that right there boy boy the becky ronda and charlotte feud for wrestlemania 35 i i think that yeah go ahead go ahead go ahead go ahead um, the ROH side of the G1 Supercard. Just trash. The WWE main roster great match output. AJ Styles is the U.S. champion, which I'm going to lose my mind on in just a minute, James. The AEW women's division and Kofi Kingston's WWE title reign. Before we get to anything, AJ Styles managed to only get Four points on this for that U.S. title reign that he just gave us, right? And they were yeah. third place votes. Yeah, he escaped because that shit was horrible. This shit was way worse than um, you know. It, it looks like in the voting, this was him blowing bit match after match, uh, just horrible output layouts, burying Ricochet, Cedric Alexander, Humberto Carrillo, not producing anything above three stars with them. Just an all-time buffoon of a title reign. Just just, just awful. Washed. Get him the fuck out of here. Don't want to see him. Go to hell. But we've got a lot Yeah, more. I just think that, like, there are so many other things that are so much more pressing and, like, disturbing and, like, upsetting for a wrestling fan than some mid-card title on Raw. Like, I just, I'm so, like, you fuck, like, the AEW women's division is so much more of a thing that should be bothering people than, than AJ Styles having a bad title reign. I, I'm sorry, like, the, whatever, like, um, and, like, compared to the Kofi title reign, like, they're kind of the same, except Kofi is the US fucking, or the, the world champion on a brand, and it was, like, the same shit. Or actually, the Kofi shit was worse, but whatever. It's crazy, because uh, I feel like if we would have gave Kofi, AJ's opponents, and we gave AJ Kobe's opponents. That's how I should have went. But you know, look. So I, I, I can't, I can't control Vince McMahon saying, "Hey, do nothing with Ricochet." Like, I, I mean, I, and I, that's not the point. But like, yes, I get what you're saying. But like, there was so much other shit that was like on priority and priorities or whatever sake is like that's it was so long the card, and, and, and I think that's the reason why he escaped. Like, if if this was the the AJ Styles Universal Title reign, then I think he does get the votes that Kofi gets, or maybe more. 
So I think um, I think it comes down flat out to priority. Becky Charlotte and Ronda also didn't get as much on here. This is my number one. And it did not. I think that was my number one too. This did not get like like what y'all thought. Nothing was wrong with this. Like I think it's people. You know, time passed and people are like you know. You know, time passed. Like people had time to get over whatever they were furious about or whatever else. Um, All right, so let's go third place here. No, actually, 40. I had. I take it back. My number one was WWE Great Match Out. Great Match Output. That was number one, and like because that was like the holy encompass in the whole entire company. And then number two was uh, for me was Becky and Ronda and Charlotte. But yeah, whatever. So, um, third place with forty two points. The ROH side of the G one Supercard. <laughs> My God, it's <laughs> all time horrible, bad booking, wrestle crap. Any word you want to describe it from the women's title match to the world title match, just, yeah. just all of them in between. Like, yeah. Like New Japan goes out there and they put on, on their side of the thing, like a, you know, something, you know, their top, whatever matches like match, you know, probably like the, a dominion or, or whatever else. And then the ring of honor side, just, just like the absolute zero professional wrestling. And it's like, these are two totally different companies doing two totally different things, but they both doing the same thing with professional wrestling. What the fuck is going on? And <laughs> yeah, like so glaring. Like I don't know how Gato like doesn't watch what they're all doing, and then like on Mask Square Garden be like, why the fuck do we have a relationship with these people? For what? Why? <laughs> yeah. Um. I mean, what, then- what do we have? Will Ospreay versus Jeff Cobb in the. Dragon Lee, Bandito, in um, was it not Taiji Ichimori? Was it? Yeah, Taiji Ichimori three way. Like those are the only thing involve anybody in Ring of Honor that was like worth it. That was good or worth a damn. In Ring, Look, in, and and uh, had just been signed like three months before that, so it wasn't like they had no long time Ring of Honor. Right, Cobb had been working in New Japan for years, right. but at that point, and Bandito was like fresh off the Indies, so it's like, right. and then like, like like I explained like. They got Mayu Watani with the torn MCL or whatever wrestling with with Kelly Klein and they and she can't get a, a three star match out of this woman and then like as soon as she comes back to Japan she becomes the best woman's wrestler in the world like it's or since August like it's fucking hilarious it's like once we get away from you I just take the fuck off it's so funny so number two with forty six points thirty first place points the Hell in a Cell pay per view. Which, if you want to relive us absolutely brutalizing and burying a company for a show, check out the archives on that one. This show was trash. This main event was worse than trash. This was an insult to the human eye. This was just like WWE and Vince McMahon literally should have just mooned the screen instead for 20 minutes rather than showing us that main event. It was almost like the bizarro version of like the perfect pay per view to where like the first what, 40 minutes were great. Bizarro version. Like the first 40 minutes were great. And then like the next preceding, you know, three hours or three hours and 20 minutes, whatever it was, it was like it got progressively worse and worse and worse. And then it finished with like an all time bad match. And it's like in bizarro world, opposite world, like, you know, like, 
if Office World, that's one of the greatest reviews ever. It's like, oh, yeah, it started out slow in the first 40 minutes, and, like, it was a bunch of great action, and then it in one of the greatest matches ever. Like, the super thumbs up, pay-per-view, pay-per-view of the year. This was the opposite of it. It was like... <laughs> the reverse is, Dominion yes. 2018. Like... <laughs> Ooh, good point. Good point. Yeah, good point. Yeah. Wild. Really wild, man. Unbelievable. Oh, nice. <laughs> But number one, the most disappointing with 60 points, 36 first place points, Seth Rollins face of WWE. It went bad for him in the ring. It went bad for him out of the ring. It went it went, bad. It went, it went worse for him outside of the ring. <laughs> yes, I had to like, pull that how line do you, out. How do you get how do you get engaged with Becky Lynch? In 2019 is like also like the is also like the worst year for you outside of the ring. How does that make sense? What? Bro. Just when you talk about someone inserting their foot in their mouth, f- flopping as a as a top star, a draw, a main eventer, a champion, all that in one. One of the worst top champions ever. Rich. People can bring up Shawn Michaels in the 90s if they want. I'll take Shawn Michaels in the 90s any fucking day over over um uh Seth Rollins who's yeah. never had a history of, of drawing a number anywhere. Yeah. Like, <laughs> and you know, like even if Shawn wasn't necessarily the uh, top draw the way that like the traditional standard of what champions were in that time, he was going out there and having fucking banger after banger on pay-per-view. <laughs> yes. <laughs> what? Seth had that AJ match and what the fuck else? Right? Like, it was, it was really bad. Um, what I will say is, um, I, 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 I just don't, I just don't understand how this happened. Like, this went from somebody that seemed to have been like everything this company could have wanted from a, all right, like he's somebody that we want, but he's also somebody that wrestles the way that y'all want. And they still managed to fuck this up. And a lot of that is because of his own doing. A lot of that is also because of, uh, what they did with him, you know, as a champion after WrestleMania 35. Now let's get to it. Let's get to the real part where that, uh, that basically where this is like unavoidable. You can't even like, just, you know, say, Oh, you know, some, you had some bad luck. Hell in a cell. So, and the feud with the fiend. So yesterday, a few of us in uh, social mix thread were having a conversation about um, Dakota Kai and whether or not and where what her talents merit um, in the hierarchy of the, a- of the NXT Women's Division. Um, and a lot of people felt like they got screwed out of a story that Triple H was never telling, but they were convinced that he was telling with. Um, they were going to Mayu Iwatani slash Bailey Dakota Kai after she came up and got her ass whooped left and right and was scared to death of Shayna Baszler. And my response was, she was scared of Shayna Baszler. You can't get behind someone that is a coward, that is scared of the competition. No one's putting, Uncle, Auntie Sarah Del Rey and Uncle Hunter are not putting a gun to Dakota Kai's head and said, you must wrestle this woman or you're, is either she's going to kill you or we're going to kill you. That was not what happened. This coward got in the ring and got her ass whooped. Why would I get behind somebody like that to reach the top? She's a fucking coward. Now, now let's move on from there. Transition to the, to the Seth Rollins thing. Seth Rollins was the champion of the universe, Rich. 
<laughs> he, the one that's he, fighting and leading us, James. He beat the fucking 260 pound shoot fighter that does fake shoot stuff on the guys and make people like plates of pisses all the time. And he beat him, uh, you know, in two minutes at WrestleMania, he beat him in 15 minutes at SummerSlam and while fighting from underneath or whatever else. This man then fights a motherfucker he's fought before because he put on a mask and was in the corner crying scared. For his life. That was the nail in the coffin and the cherry on the Sunday for the, for how bad his run was and how he was basically toast at this iteration as a babyface. Maybe they can salvage it and try again at some other time. No. But they were, no, 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 no. Maybe they can. I'm not, I'm not saying nothing's, nothing is, is just completely dead with, but for that moment in particular, from that moment, you knew it was dead. They fucked that match and they had to transition to something else and they transitioned, turned him heel because there was nothing else to do with him at that point in time. So there you go. You, you cannot push somebody or keep somebody at the top when you, once you make them a flat out and out coward where they're scared of competition, they're scared of getting beat up in a fake fight against somebody they fought before. Fuck out of here. I'm done. That's the end of rant for me. I, I, that's, it's funny. You know, WWE likes to pretend how big and small the, um, internet is or Twitter at a given time. Right. Twitter ain't have nothing to do with, um, y'all making that man into a hoe, uh, scared in the corner on Bray Wyatt. We didn't do that. That was you, buddy. <laughs> and, and, and going along with that and not standing up for yourself. Like you said, John Moxley should have stood up for himself if he didn't like the way he was booked. So, uh, Seth Rollins, take your most disappointing award. Um, you know, take it with you. Do whatever you do with it, you know. Uh, but you earned it this year. So, yeah. Kobe, don't do this. You're going to kill this fucking guy. Don't do this, Kobe. This isn't you. What the fuck? Like, <laughs> just. <laughs> Horrible. They, they they may as well have old Yeller uh Seth. They like what what? Why even show up? Why what? try? So He should he should have like speak we're about to get to it. We're about to talk about uh the Jeff Jarrett finesse of the year award. But like he should have took a page out of Jeff Jarrett. He should have just laid the fuck down. <laughs> yes. He should have just laid down. It would have went us over a lot better than what happened in the hell of the cell match for him. It really would have. Unbelievable. So, up next, one of my favorite awards, the Jeff Jarrett Finesser of the Year Award. We did go over Jeff Jarrett's phenomenal 2019, uh, (laughs) the way he finessed himself back into the national scene um, in wrestling. Keep getting them checks, Jeff. Um, So, Brock Lesnar, Chris Jericho, John Moxley, Bray Wyatt, Finn Balor, The Elite, Rossi Ogawa and the Saudi Arabian government for not getting pay or not paying Vince and Vince still doing those shows. <laughs> so in four in third place with 44 points, the elite for getting a billionaire to start a company around them and then flipping that into a TV deal now. So <laughs> all time finessing, uh, literally getting a promotion created for you. If that ain't a great faction, then what do you call that? <laughs> <laughs> look, the birthing companies, not killing companies, you know. <laughs> um, then, uh, with 46 points, Brock Lesnar, just his normal Brock Lesnar self. The promoters are marked for you. You get to be different. The promoter's such a mark for you that, like, his, you know, 
one of his homeboys, one of his one of his folks is like now running the brand is now running one of the brands, and then he decides, hey, you know what? Cable or bro- or, or or national broadcast live TV? Nah, I'm ta- I'm having my homeboy show. I'm going to my homeboy show. Vince, like, okay, whatever you want to do. Yep. <laughs> Brock Lesnar, and I believe Jim Valley might have said this. Brock Lesnar has never been a baby face. He has never cut promos. <laughs> He's never done none of this shit that everybody wants these top stars to do. Never once. Yeah, all the shit that they say you have to do in order to be some top drawing person or whatever else. Brock don't do none of that. Look, cha- look, grow as a character. Nope. Never. <laughs> nope. You've never seen it. Doesn't exist. Somehow this guy remains on top. This nigga comes out to the same music he had in 2002. Rich. <laughs> update for what <laughs> look Paul Heyman has been cutting the same promo for five years James yes. <laughs> maybe yes. more yes at this point like the go home show to Royal Rumble he cut a promo this is like the third this is like the second or third time I've heard Heyman do this where he cuts a promo where he acknowledges that he keeps cutting the same promo over and over and over again and it's like you're doing a you're doing a promo about your promo like you're you're a fucking caricature it doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. He's gonna be in the main event of WrestleMania again. <laughs> again. With with a dude that's not even over yet. That's <laughs> up the strength. Bro, bro, this man Brock. This is this is more. This is bigger than Hogan in the nineties. Damn near. Mm, the only thing that I think I Hogan in the nineties might 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 have on him is like Hogan in the nineties has had to get a ridiculous pay-per-view cut like built into if you sold this amount of pay-per-views anything above that I get this absurd percentage or whatever besides that what I will say is Brock does a lot more than Hogan ever did in the ring when he's actually in the ring so I, I, I so like I get the parallels but I'll stop short of that because Brock Brock does a lot more than Hogan ever did <laughs> WCW having them negative star matches and shit. Boy. Hogan, Hogan, uh, look, Brock ain't never gave us no Hogan a Warrior. That's never happened. <laughs> oh no, WrestleMania thirty four. That ain't no negative star match though. Yikes! Uh, I'm sure. I'm sure I can find some some awful Brock on that level. I don't think so. I really don't think we we really could. But okay. So uh well number one, the Jeff Jarrett Finesse of the Year, the Saudi Arabian government. This one was kind of a surprise here on this sixty six points, forty five first place points. Um I mean if you can get Vince to completely like if you can tell him you're gonna pay him this amount of money and then they gotta bring all the ass all the way over to Saudi Arabia, wherever the hell that is, but it's real far. Um and then you like, eh, I don't know. I think I'll just send you the check like when we send it, you know, so. <laughs> but you coming back again, though, right? Okay, cool, 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 cool. <laughs> uh, that, that's finessing. I, I I wouldn't have thought about it like that, but the, maybe the voters were, were a little bit more woke than me on this one. But just looking at this category, we talked about it before, but I love this category. I mean, it, Bray Wyatt is like, look, y'all showed up to some shit expecting 50 million dollars from us and y'all did it just off the strength like the word yeah like that is you know trust yeah 
Yeah. Yeah. So what Bray Wyatt got to do this year? Not have matches and then become the champion, essentially. Yeah. Um, John Moxley completely like pull the wool, all time great working, uh, of, <laughs> of misdirection of the motherfucker when, uh, it's exactly what you think the whole time. Like, oh, he's, oh, this man, like, really, like, you know, like he wants to go continue his career, but he's going to give you no sign of it. Um, Chris Jericho, of course, multiple companies, main eventing on top, being the champion. He, and look, might have undervalued himself. Think about that. Yeah. How long is this deal? Um, Do you know? Three years. Mm. If he had signed that two year deal, <laughs> he would, he would have finally got that Brock money. <laughs> yeah. He's going, he's going to have to renegotiate. So, um, yeah, but your man Rossio Gallo getting twenty one points, James. Yeah, um, I can't. I think I voted for him probably like his second or third or whatever. So I don't remember, but like, yeah, he he definitely someone that merits being on this thing because he went out there and said and got a bunch of uh in source or in our resources uh, put into him. Like they are on pace to like after they did like. 1300 uh at Korokan on uh for the anniversary show like now they're about to do more like three weeks later with like they barely even have they, they didn't have a show they had one show to build to the next card at Korokan and they're about to do more than what they did at the anniversary show that's wild like this thing is about to take off and like they're about to do that Oda City show in April for the for the Cinderella like I think they're gonna do I think they're gonna do 3000 I think they're everything you're going to get over 3,000. Like, that's how well this is all working. And it's all on the strength of we have Bushy Road, like, just in, just giving us resources to promote. It, like, the shows aren't different, really. It's just we have no promotion. And, like, it's, it's, it's going, it's, it's going to be interesting to see what happens over the next couple of years. But uh, based off the strength of, like, he got lucky because WWE wanted to get NXT Japan popped off. Finessing. <laughs> yes. So our next award, um, the Vince Russo slash McMahon who booked this shit award. So, um, we've got the WWE cuck storylines, the Roman Reigns murder mystery, Charlotte's insertion into the WrestleMania main event for historical purposes, hastily thrown together shield reunions, Cedric Alexander being revealed as a janitor, Baron Corbin (laughs) pushed as a main event act again, and Alistair Black hides in the closet for months. Wait, wait, Rich, wait, wait, wait. Read the read the read the Cedric Alexander one again, please. <laughs> Cedric Alexander redebuts as a mass janitor. <laughs> Don't like think how shit that sounds. <laughs> Yo, Cedric had to go home and look at Big Swole like, yeah, this this is my big shot, and then Swole was probably like, baby, no, <sighs> like <laughs> it's not, it's not. Oh my god! And like flash forward, right? Like, you know, people like, were so people were so upset when we we're like, I think it was Meltzer was like, yeah, they're done with him. They're they, they, they're done, and we were like, yeah, they're not done with them. They're not done with them. And now like, he's on. Now he's out here doing jobs for who was it, Mojo Raleigh, Riddick Moss, <laughs> yeah, for, for fucking Riddick Ross of the of the of the reg, of the Riddick regime or whatever regiment or whatever else. And a dude that don't even make TV on NXT just comes in and he just jostles him on main event. Not even on the main, not even on Raw, on the main event. He's done. Bad. He's totally done. Bad. 
hope to see you in AEW, Cedric. But goddamn, um, see, look, yeah. So let's see what happens when you see what happens when you want to welcome Hogan back. See what happens. Mm. See what happens. Mm. Mm. <laughs> so up next, we've got uh, <laughs> let, let's get to these top three voting. So, um, with forty points. Baron Corbin pushes a main event act again. With 65 points, Brock Lesnar kills Kofi Kingston. And with 68 points, three-point difference here, the WWE cuck storylines. You guys really didn't like those. So, yeah, just a just a category of trash. Just, ugh. Yeah, really bad stuff, man. Like... It was so funny explaining to Catherine last night, like, and and try to do it in short order to explain, like, the Rusev Lana storyline from September that leads to, uh, that leads to the Christmas show. And she's just like, as I'm explaining the Christmas show, she's like, they stopped the, the, for, you know, you know, you know, speak now for your piece four fucking times to get to this thing. And <laughs> she can see her, like, you can see her IRAs and just her disgust levels go up as I explain, like, you know, all the stuff they do. And it's just like, <laughs> this is this is just a masterpiece of wrestle crap. It really is. Just trash. Uh, so, congrats to the WWE's cuck storylines for winning. Yeah. And level. then, like, you know, also, yeah. like, shout out to, like, the Canalysis. The Canalysis I. Yeah. Yeah. Shout out to me. Yeah, yeah. Up next, gimmick of the year, best vehicle to get over. So, uh, looks like I did not calculate, or I calculated I didn't get this. The winners here. So I've got. You want me to do it? Yeah. All right. No, I got it. Okay. So, uh, we've got first a little bit of the bubbly from Chris Jericho. Um, Luchasaurus, the wrestling dinosaur, Orange Cassidy being Orange Cassidy. Pharaoh the dog, the fiend, Kofi Mania, Angel Garza's pants, and Cowboy shit. Which I think if we held this this um vote again today, Cowboy shit would be a lot higher because this mm. man is a super super overact right now. Um, but we'll start with third place with fifty four points, Orange Cassidy, with sixty two points, forty five first place points. Kofi Mania. <laughs> but Depressing. with 70 total points, only 33 first place votes, but also dominated the second vote place votes. A little bit of the bubbly from Chris Jericho. And this was on a run of after he loses the AEW title belt and uh, gets it back. And then he's drinking the bubbly in the pool. And then he's backstage after winning the championship. It's just a, a convergence of a lot of great things to, uh, you know, go with his all time year. And that's kind of what, you know, uh, it, it was, a, it was a really big thing. You couldn't yeah. go anywhere without seeing one of the memes. Yeah. Um, I want to give a special shout out to the fiend, to Bray Wyatt's the fiend, because this thing finished fourth, but it finished se- tied for second with a little bit of bubbly in, in, uh, first place votes. Um, just, yeah. just, you know, really wild. Uh, you know, and this is one of the things about how crazy the Bray Wyatt year is. Like, you can make an argument that, like, he had one of, like, the all-time, like, most ridiculously, like, critically shitty years. And then you can also make the argument that, like, 
he's also while saying that he's also a, a success too so it's like he fits on the spectrum of like disappointing or critically bad but also successful at the same time because it's so creative and like uh, no one can can fix a face no matter how much they hate this thing and say that like people aren't into this there is just gigantically polarizing so so shout out to him it's, it's literally some flat earth shit like there's like <laughs> Like, like there's only one way, or like there's only one true Earth, or so, like, like Kyrie Irving would, would would probably have an interesting way to describe this. <laughs> <clears throat> so, up next, we got our WWE NXT match of the year. We got <clears throat> Io Shirai versus Candice LeRae, Adam Cole versus John Gargano, two Walter versus Tyler Bate, Neil Bryan versus Kofi Kingston, Adam Cole versus Johnny Gargano, one. The Elimination Chamber match, Ricochet versus Johnny Gargano, and Walter versus Pete Dunn. So in third place, looks like I might have botched this right here. Yeah, I did. Yep. In third place, we've got Walter versus Tyler Bate. Tyler Bate. <laughs> so uh, it's with 39 points. In second place... With 46 points, Adam Cole versus Johnny Gargano 2 when Cole wins the title back from Gargano. Number 1, 59 points. You guessed it. Daniel Bryan versus Kofi Kingston. WWE NAC Match of the Year. This match had a hold on people. Yeah. Um, I didn't vote for this. I'm not going to knock it. It was a great match. As I talked about earlier, it's an all-time great presentation for WWE main roster work. Um, uh, yeah, it's just... You know, I just disagree. That's all. Not going to knock it. It was yeah. a great match. Yeah, my first place vote was Cole Gargano 2, then Walter and Tyler Bate, then Daniel Bryan versus Kofi Kingston. Yeah. So so, um, so I remember what I was going to say now um, before I petered out. But it, it's, it's just so striking and so disappointing and disheartening that, like, you look at feud of the year. You look at gimmick of the year. You look at WWE match of the year. And all of it was Daniel Bryan, Kofi Kingston related stuff. You know, feud of the year. All Daniel Bryan, Kofi Kingston stuff. And they followed it up with bullshit. And then, then they squashed him like he didn't matter. Like people didn't care about the dude after they did nothing but, but show you along the way for months that they cared. And that's the reason why I did get attached to this thing. Um, because mm-hmm. I knew what was going to happen. And you could say that I was, I'm a jaded fan or whatever else, but. And maybe parts of that is fair, but I've watched this company. I I love this company. I've loved this company. Whatever you want to call it, I know what was going. I knew what was going to happen before it happened. And sure enough, is that what they did? They gave him that Roman or that that Rey Mysterio lame duck ass uh, uh, title reign after WrestleMania and moved the fuck on. And it's just you know. I don't think I'll, I don't think I'll ever love this company the way I did three years ago. I don't think that'll ever happen. Shouts out to, uh, Io Shirai and Candles Ray getting that fourth place on there with 27 points. But everything that Jane said pretty much about Darren Brown and Kofi Kingston, we were documenting it in real time of what was happening with Kofi Kingston, then looking the way he lost the belt. Um, there was just a lot of excellence in that contained period. Absolutely. And then, Absolutely. It, it, unfortunately, it couldn't really keep up for either of them because Daniel Bryan is not no guy they, they want to ever tie their flag to. Like, this is our flagship guy. Ever. Even as a guy they want to put in the beat. It's weird. It's very weird. Yeah. So, <clears throat> those guys, 
winning main winning match of the year in WWE. Who knew? It had a it had a legitimate hold on people. It resonated yep. with so many people, and like I saw the people that it, that it affected. Um, and like the most I could do was feel like bittersweet about it to see like the joy in her eyes at the end and the payoff and at the same time and myself just feel like so de- because I detached myself because I knew where this was going like just to feel like damn I wish I felt that way you know while watching you know at the end of that night or you know at the end of that match at you know while watching Wrestlemania I wish I felt that way but I just my mind just couldn't allow myself to, to dig into that because I knew where it was headed and unfortunately I was right <laughs> yeah um, so up next, we got our AEW match of the year. So we've got Cody versus Dustin. We got Kenny Omega versus Shima. The Young Bucks versus the Lucha Brothers from All Out in the latter match. Kenny Omega versus John Moxley. Kenny Omega versus Pac, All Out. Phoenix versus Nick Jackson. Kenny Omega versus Joey Janela. The Young Bucks versus Private Party. And the Private Party versus the Lucha Brothers. So, um, Let's go right up to our third place winner. We've got Kenny Omega versus John Moxley with forty two points. Yeah, second so, place the the, the also divisive match that you know we don't know what to make heads or tails for. It's third best match in the year, <laughs> <laughs> and this is not a match that I love. This is not a match that like I've yet to go back to watch it. I don't think I'm ever going to go back to watch it. But it it, it you know. I thought it was a great match. I just couldn't rate it on the scale of what it actually was because it was so, you know, ridiculous and whatever else and all the stuff that happened. But the people that thought this was some abomination for just on some other shit. Out, out of lunch. <clears throat> I thought it was great. So the second place uh, was 64 points. The Young Bucks versus the Lucha Brothers ladder match. They've done it again, James. <clears throat> so with 77 points, 54 first place votes. Cody versus Dustin from Double or Nothing. Uh, the, the blood porn match. <laughs> I need my older brother. Match. I mean, it's um, another match that just like speaks to. Had a hold on co- people. Yep. Had a hold of people. Just like the Kofi Mania thing. Um, people really were into like the, 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 the brother rivalry. Um, it's one, it's one, another one of those things where like, I wish I was on that ride with y'all, but I just emotionally wasn't in on it. I, I was like, They've been trying to shop this match around for like five fuck or six fucking years. Like, I'm, I'm, I, I, I just bring the match out and like, I thought it was a great match, but like the, the, the amount of love this match has means like, and I saw the promos, like I saw the promos were very effective. And I think probably the promo stuff is what was the reason why Cody ended up winning, um, you know, promo card of the year, like this in the Jericho stuff. So, you know, like hats off to Cody and especially hats off to Dustin who bled buckets in that match and um you know they finally were able to have the match at like you know people like you for example Rich were like rooting for for WrestleMania for years and like yeah. you know this is the validation of that yeah um I didn't have it on my list like I had uh Bucks Lucha Brothers number one to me that's like just you don't get much better than that so that's that's like an all-time match i can't even make a john moxley and then i had private party and lucia brothers just you know when it comes to rlpw boy <laughs> so i believe i gave that match five stars on tv so um i was i was 100 in on that yeah uh, i think uh yeah young bucks yeah, ladder match is number one for me um number two i had nick and matt and then i can't remember what my number three was you mean Phoenix and Nick Jackson you had? Yeah, that was my number two. Yep. 
um yeah a lot of a lot of interesting stuff there uh bucks and private party uh also at 26 points looks like they finished yeah. fourth so um let's see up next we've got our new japan match of the year so um, let's go! Let's, let's go! The pinnacle! Let's fucking do it! Let's fucking do it! <laughs> yes! So, oh, man. Uh, we've got Kenny Omega versus Hiroshi Tanahashi. We've got Kazushiko Okada versus Tomohiro Ishii. Shingo Takagi versus Will Ospreay. Dragon Lee versus Will Ospreay. Koto Ibushi versus Will Ospreay. John Moxley versus Tomohiro Ishii. Kazushiko Okada versus Will Ospreay. Shingo Takagi versus Naito. Kazushiko Okada versus Kota Ibushi. Shingo Takagi versus Tomohiro Ishii. And Jay White versus Kota Ibushi. Why did it sound like every single match, like, it's like, like, Osprey, Osprey, Shingo, Shingo, Okada, Ishii, Okada, Ishii. <laughs> God damn. Yes. So, um, in third place, uh, with 26 points, John Moxley versus Tomohiro Ishii from the G1. So, you know, uh, awesome match there. Yep. Second place with 57 points, Shingo Takagi versus Will Ospreay. And number one, yes, the best bomb machine rides again. <laughs> 69 points, uh, 54 first place points, Kenny Omega versus Hiroshi Tanahashi, Wrestle Kingdom 13 main event, my match of the year. And um yeah, very happy to see see that there. Yeah. Um I think it's interesting like this another one that's like for whatever reason, like the emotional hold of the build to these matches are the ones that are like are the ones that are standing tall um in these votes it seems to me. Um look, and there's something to be said about there's always something to be said about having your build lead to you know, something special as opposed to just like you just show up that day and you get something special. Like it means more. It obviously does, and this is um this is what example number three of this, maybe even yeah. example number four through these uh, voting through the voting so far. Yeah, I wonder if it's a case where we feel like we've seen almost every great match we kind of can see, like fit through physical work, and then like if you get that other part of it, it seems like that's what's putting these over the top. Uh, yeah, um, yeah, I think I think there's something to that. Yeah, yeah. Um, Let's see. Uh, Shingo versus Naito, a smooth three points. Uh, <laughs> a great fucking match itself. Look, um, don't do that because Ibushi and, uh, and Okada from the G1 only has eight points. And that match was incredible. So let's not do that. Mm. Let's, let's not just knock Naito just to knock Naito, okay? <laughs> oh, man. So, uh, Will a little bit was kind of like Kenny in this one where it's like you have so many matches kind of like cannibalizing. So it's like, yeah. all right, which one are you going to yeah. vote for? So, um. Yeah. So, shouts out to Kenny Omega and Hiroshi Tanahashi. Well, one thing I will say is interesting. Don't you think it's interesting that like the G One final only got sixteen? Yeah. It's almost like people like voted and was like, "Yo, this shit might really not have meant shit." So, like, we just gonna like say fuck it. I I I mean I get I just find that weird because like. Obviously, you didn't have the 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 build the long like the 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 month long build, but like by the end of that night, like I don't that might have been like the most heat or or you know the most heat in any building that I heard you know throughout that match like all year. Um, so it's interesting to see they only got like sixteen and finished 
what, like tied for fourth or fifth? Like, I just find it yeah. interesting. That's all. Yeah, tied for fifth, it looks like. Yeah. So, yeah. Anyway, uh, <laughs> the A's and uh, the best bout machine oh on God. top. As my dog Kenny leaves New Japan, hopefully he can get some time getting this category again at some point. But, you know, what a way to go out. So, um, pay-per-view of the year. Very interesting category here. So let's this get to nonsense. it. I'm looking at the votes right now. This is nonsense. Go ahead. Let's get to it. So we've got uh, Double or Nothing. We've got TakeOver 25. we got All Out. we got Wrestle Kingdom 13. TakeOver Phoenix. TakeOver New York. The best of the Super Junior Finals. And New Japan Dominion. So... In third place with 49 points, Wrestle Kingdom 13. Oh, I fucked that up. So, in third place with 36 points, AEW All Out. In second place with 49 points, Wrestle Kingdom 13. And number one with 72 points, 51 first place votes, double or nothing from AEW. Thoughts, sir? It's nonsense. How so? Um, seeing that take that Takeover Twenty Five in New York uh, were by far and away better shows than either one of those uh, AEW shows. I mean, that, <laughs> top to bottom. Yeah, I mean that's how I come to that conclusion that it's nonsense. Uh, you go, you can go match to match on any of them cards. None of them shits, none of them shit stack up to, uh, take over 25 or take over New York. If you, Double or nothing had a feeling in wrestling like nothing else is created for it. Cool. All the it, takeovers it, are totally the same. Like, okay, they're great. So, so what's your explanation like, for, great. so if that's the case, what's your explanation for the other one also making it? Like, I can, I can, like, double right, or nothing? See. I get that. I get I, double nothing. I get in placing. I don't get uh, uh, all out placing. I don't. Well, you got the shocking Kenny Omega and Pac match on there. Uh huh. You've got that crazy ass ladder match. Uh huh. Got Jericho winning the championship, first champion being crowned. In a, the, what kind uh, of match? There was a, in, a, in a good or great match. In a good match. Okay. Big moment though. <laughs> You, you already know where I'm going with this. Like, we have two matches uh, that you just ex- just described that would have that would have uh, deserved and merited being on one of those two takeover cards, or either one of those takeover cards. It's fine. Like, like what you like, but if you if your whole thing is like I really enjoy wrestling or storytelling or whatever else. Like I get all, I get double or nothing. I don't get. Uh, I'm sorry. Uh, yeah, double or nothing. I don't get all out. It's fine. Yeah, whatever. Like they're all great then, shows, but nah. I I think Takeover is like suffering from like of we've seen it. You know, as great as it is, like we've so we seen it. Seen, so we never seen Wrestle Kingdoms. I mean, they did something different this year. Wrestle Kingdom, regardless of like how we felt about this it, wasn't this year's Wrestle Kingdom. This was last year's Wrestle Kingdom. This is Wrestle Correct. Kingdom 13. Correct. What did they but do like, Wrestle Kingdom 13 that was so different from the other Wrestle Kingdoms? Well, Wrestle Kingdom 13 was like 
a big like thing with Hiroshi Tanahashi and then Kenny Omega's last main event, the exodus of the elite, um, a huge shock of Jay White and Okada uh, in the dome. Chris Jericho so, and Naito whoa, having a what was very the underrated what was the match. Shock? Was a shock that like the wrong person won and they yeah. had a disappointing ass match for Okada and the standards in the mat in the dome. Is that the, that the he shock? won? That he won in fifteen minutes. That was the shock. The in a not great shock. match. That was a, that was a, a barely big great thing. match. Okay. That was that was a big thing. And then Naito and Jericho, one of the most underrated matches of the year, Absolutely. even though it was fucking great. Yes, it was. Um, and yes, then Ishii and, and uh, Sabre up and down the show. And a 12-minute like, sprint that I probably gave four and a quarter. But, yeah, it was a great match. I don't disagree. Right. And, you know, the thing is, there's like four or five takeovers every, a year. There's one Wrestle Kingdom. So I just think they're bleeding over and then – it's just becoming a match company that like this is what we do. This is it. It's really fucking good. But, but it, it but they're my they're just not is, hitting they're just my, not my hitting with people. Is, my point is I understand double nothing. I even understand Russell Kingdom. I don't understand all out. I just don't. Like I just get why you put Russell Kingdom on there. It's the WrestleMania of 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 New Japan, it's best pro wrestling. I get that. I, and it had that huge story and it drew like crazy. Um, I don't get double or nothing. I'm not double or nothing, out, but, uh, but uh, all out. I get double nothing. I don't get all out. Oh, well, AEW rides. Let's go. <laughs> have fun, have so, fun watching those back, back to back and see which one's better shows between all, both of all four of those, whatever. Good luck. Hey, man, like Kobe, like Kobe said, we moved the game forward over here. So, um, up next. We've got the die, Rocky die, failure of the year, the worst long-term direction of the year. So, boy, woo, we've got a loaded category here. Um, so, uh, Madison Square Taven, let's start there. Uh, Brock Lesnar takes the SmackDown belt essentially to Raw to resume his role as the absentee champion. The brand split wild card goofiness that they did. Roman Reigns pinned by Shane McMahon, Eric Rowan, and Baron Corbin. Seth Rollins pushed for months as the number one babyface. NXT goes for months with all heel champions. Cody can never win the AEW championship. Tetsuya Naito misses the G1 final. So, third place. Brock Lesnar takes the SmackDown belt to to resume absentee Raw champion role. Second place, Madison Square Taven with 50 points. And number (laughs) one, the brand split goofiness and the wild card rule with 52 points. This is a very close category at the top. And ROH swooping in again. We don't even cover them, but people just know what it is with ROH. Yeah. So, <clears throat> first off, I'd like to start by saying, like, Cody never won in title should have won this. It's fucking stupid. Like, we just talked about this. You mean to tell me that the person that, that is the best promo, in, uh, in the world, apparently, compared, uh, according to our voters, a person that had the best match in the, in the company, <laughs> uh, according to our voters, the person that had the best, or one of the best programs, it also is the best wrestler according to the program. Can no longer be the champion because of a fake stipulation to add one fucking pay-per-view by, and he's no longer with it. And this isn't on there? That's fucking dumb. I'm sorry. That should, that should have won this shit going away. 
it, look, you can't tell me on one end that Cody is this gigantic fucking star, and on the other end say they're gonna make a stipulation, a dumb stipulation makes no sense to do it, other than to, I guess, trick you into thinking Cody's gonna win it, even though it didn't add any buys to their, uh, buy rate, and then say that he can never be the champion now in the future. What have we been building for? What were we, what were we doing all this for? This is stupid. We'll know one day. <laughs> And, and everybody's explanation is, or people that I think that I that I think are smart people are like, explanation is, well, they'll just find a weasel a way to weasel themselves out of that. If they find a way to weasel out of that, then like I didn't want to hear anything about them and them talking about stipulations matter, this and the third. There's no promotion like anyone else, and the reason why people were watching AEW is because they are not like everybody else, which is code for fucking WWE. So once they fuck, so if the, if they go b- back on this, I'm slaughtering them, and it'll be rightfully so. It'll be earned, and they deserve this. So whatever. I don't know what won this thing. So, Y'all won it. Y'all didn't deserve to win it. It should have been AEW doing this Cody shit. It was nonsense. So, so James is mad at there's a lot more than everybody else on this. So because um, the, the whole point is AEW wants to build their stars, right? The whole idea is make what, stars, what you, right? What do you mean? Yeah, so, I mean that should be everybody's goal, but you put a fucking <laughs> you just put with Cody after that build after because that incredible Ellis Island promo we just talked about earlier. What they effectively did was says said was. We've made you the face of the company. You can know you. We have. We are going to immediately put a uh, a glass ceiling above your head, and you can't crack through that fucker no matter what we do, unless we we just flat out come back around and say that we just lied to our fan base that are only behind, are mostly behind us because we haven't been we haven't lied to them in a way that other people have lied to to them before. That's what I'm saying. So I what feel I like think- it was a bad precedent to set and very dangerous and stupid. And congratulations that you you fucked yourself out of potentially having a, the next star in wrestling, major personal wrestling. So what I think with this is like it's some story they're telling to where he's this flawed hero. Like there's there's a flaw about him. Like where he's gonna people are gonna have to eventually beat him. We'll see. We'll see. Fucking goofy. Look, we'll see. You know, it, it got it, it helped get him another TV deal. So oh, you know, boy. we'll see. That didn't like, help him get another TV deal. You know, that's cap. What they did between Jericho and Cody before November 9th is what got them their TV deal. It is not what happened after. I, I guarantee you, I can go into the into the Google uh, trends and look at Cody's uh, uh, trend line. I guarantee you that after June or after uh, what happened in the full gear is going down. I can almost guarantee that. It's a long term play, so. I think he's he's a flawed hero. He's like he's like the guy you can't. It's like you love him, but you can't. So from here, he has to. It depends who Cody makes now, to, and then you know however they get out of it. So yeah. I love how flawed people are going to be better. Look, people are going to be begging for it. Me and Josh have had lots of conversations right. about this. Right. My point is, people are going to be begging for it because it was thing. fucking stupid. And then once, and if you actually do give it to him. Then you fucked up because you never should did it to begin with. That's my whole point. So I, and in yeah. you did it in a way that didn't like help. Whatever, whatever. I'm not going through it over again. I explained my case. It's a clear, obvious case. Y'all just don't want to uh, bury it because y'all are in love with AEW in a honeymoon period. If anyone else had done this in this same situation with how hot Cody was at that time, y'all would have been like, "That's fucking stupid, Vince." You would have. And we'll I don't see. want to be the person that plays that. Well, what if? What about AEW? What about WWE? But <laughs> that was a bad idea. I'm not gonna. 
All we ask for is stars. Look, you cut one of it, then pass. What the fuck are y'all doing? It depends. It depends on the follow up. So. It depends on if they go lie and just oh and double and then turn it over. Then no, nah, never mind. Never mind. Like he doesn't have to be the champion. <laughs> he he doesn't really. Oh man! Like he should have just. They should never do the stipulation. They should just had Jericho beat him, and they should have had Cody come back a year. It's nine months a year later, and then you could have put belt at Cody, and everyone would be like, "Look at the long form storytelling. Look how that dude built himself up huge. He fell and he came back." And the way we talk about Naito uh, at Rust Kingdom just now, the way we talk about Mayu Watani, the way we talk about all these stars that go after it, lose, and then come back even hotter because the second time around, like, people really, really, really want it. Johnny Gargano I the example. guarantee it will work. I guarantee it will work. Oh, okay. What, whatever happens. Like, whatever if, if, happens. He's, if, if he's ever the champion, it will work, and people will want it. I guarantee it. Write it down. They didn't have to do this. They absolutely didn't have to do this to get that same result. Absolutely did not. So up next, we've got our top moment oh, of the one? year. Um, <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. I, I, I told him what one already. Okay. Uh, the brand split goofiness and the wild card rule. Okay. Um, yeah. Complete just upending your shows for the sake of uh, of whatever. Like, um, saying anything. Yeah, yeah. No, when no, everything or when... <laughs> when everything means nothing, nothing means everything, I guess. <laughs> I get what you meant. Yeah. yeah. Like, cause I remember the first day they talked about it, they were like, yeah, only four people are going to do it. And then by the end of that show, it was all fucked up. So it was just like, yo, y'all have gone too far. Um, knowing that the brands would like fail, they go back to it. And then I don't know. There's just the whole wild card period in May and everything was just. Very hard to follow. So up next, we've got our top moment of the year, the single best moment of the year. So we've got John Moxley's debut at Double or Nothing. Kofi Kingston wins the WWE Championship. Rose Brothers Reconciliation. Roshi Tanahashi wins the IWGP title at 42 in the Tokyo Dome. Will Ospreay defeats Shingo Takagi for the best of Super Junior uh, deal there. Uh, Kazushi Okada wins the IWGP title in Madison Square Garden. Mayu Itani wins the red belt. Johnny Gargano finally wins the NXT title. Hiromu Takahashi returns and Roman Reigns returns. So, third place with 32 points. I need my older brother! Oh, come on. <laughs> The Rose Brothers reconciliation. Right. Right. Third biggest moment of all the professional wrestling according to our voters. But he can never be fucking champion. What the fuck? So stupid. I'm not going to do it again. Let's go. Let's, let's go, man. Let's go. Number two. The second place, uh, 52 points. John Moxley's debut at Double or Nothing, of course, got in the ring. Started brawling with Jericho and Kenny. And uh, it was just a... Just a where were you uh, type moment when he came out. Number one with 86 points, top single moment of the year, 66 first place points. Kofi Kingston wins the WWE Championship. Yeah. What more can we say? Uh, (laughs) All time Um, great moment. All time great moment. Yep. 
So everything else on that is pretty much way lower. Um, you know, would have liked to see Roman Reigns return and do a little better. Guess not. Get, Jesus. Yeah, I guess y'all said fuck, fuck his neck and fuck that cancer. Apparently, Jesus. so um, heartless motherfuckers. Like, God. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Um, let's see. Let's see. Up next, we've got our creative success of the year. So we've got the Wednesday Night Wars. We've got Kofi Mania. Once again, <laughs> Chris Jericho is the first AEW champion. Jay White and Kenta's Bullet Club. Kenny Omega and Hiroshi Tanahashi's Wrestle Kingdom program. Double Gold Dash. Tokyo Cyber Squad. And Rhea Ripley's NXT Championship push. So, in third place with 48 points, Chris Jericho becomes the first AEW champion. Those that doubted Jericho thought he was too old. Thought he wasn't a number one. Thought he was going to be thought Brock Lesnar. Thought he was going to be Brock Lesnar. Thought he was just going to be some motherfucker mailing it in. How about it now? <laughs> <laughs> 67 points, 42 first place points. We've talked about it all show. Kofi Kingston and Kofi Mania. But number one, unquestionably, define the year in 2019, I would, you know, I might, I might say. When you think about wrestling and the wrestling that, that we cover on, on this show and the one that's like really like kind of gripped, um, you know, the critical community, the Wednesday night wars, 84 points, 63 first place votes, uh, first place points. And I don't think it should even really be close. Like this is, this is where it's at. This Wednesday has been the premier day for wrestling it is the premiere of day for wrestling uh in america and it's like you know what you want you know if you want nxt just like if you want to get blitzed with great matches like nxt is going to do that for you if you want like you know the alternative like you don't want to deal with wwe and there are many levels of it and you know their top levels allowing their bottom levels to function the way it does like if you just don't want that you go watch AEW and uh if, seeing the- if you want great tag team wrestling in a in a division that is actually committed to if you want great women's wrestling in an actual division that is committed to and fully formed you could go to NXT for the women you can go to AEW for the tag team wrestling it's 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 blissful on Wednesdays. Regardless of whichever one you watch, it's always blissful. Yep. And just just looking at everything else on the list, like look like Double Gold Dash flopped on here. Um Hey, 70,000 70, tickets. Fuck them. <laughs> They're yeah. wrong. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I guess just the way they set it up. Just mm. I guess. Yeah. Um, um yeah, I mean, shouts out to Kofi again and, and Daniel Bryan. Just <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. They look, <sighs> they they had it, then they decided they didn't want it no more. Right. So right, um, yeah, but yeah, shouts out to you, uh, Wednesday Night Wars. Probably be on this uh, for years to come. So uh, up next, the big one, the granddaddy of them all, the last award. The IWC Award, a.k.a. the biggest internet controversy. This one here. Boy, just lots of choices. Um, 
So let's go right from the beginning. WWE dealing with Saudi Arabia was on there last year, continues to be here this year. It'll be on there next year too, probably. In the year after Kota, Kota Ibushi versus Hiro, or versus uh, Tetsuya Naito's matches too dangerous. WWE Hell in a Cell backlash. Ronda Rousey saying everything is fake. People thinking Dean Ambrose leaving WWE was a work. Jordan Miles' blackface shirt. Jim Cornette's departure from the NWA. Seth Rollins on Twitter. WWE weaponizes NXT against AEW, creating a fan war. And multiple wrestlers ask for their WWE releases. So, in third place, with 31 points, Seth Rollins on Twitter. Just... Burying yourself a million feet deep. Don't know what direction it's going to come from, but it's all going to always work out bad. And I don't know if this was the case where he was trying to rally the WWE fan base or um, whatever it was. It did not work out for him. On <laughs> It worked out so well in rallying the WWE fans that they had to turn him heel at the end. So, um with 48 points in second place. Seth Rollins is not cool. Correct. Um, second place with 48 points. Jordan Miles in the blackface situation with the racism uh, with WWE. That was one of the uglier moments in, you know, <laughs> the history of like me being on the internet and, and consuming wrestling and watching how people react to this shit. But it's like, I, I was exactly prepared for it because like life has been preparing me for, uh, the Jordan Miles situation and all the, the, the backlash against him and, um, you know, people ready to defend the WWE at all costs. And, you know, it was just the, the a Molotov cocktail of what the fuck. Yeah, um, just uh, you see the shirt and you're like, wow, that's clearly and obviously blackface. And then like it goes from there to like people effectively saying, yeah, but so what? <laughs> what the fuck is wrong with y'all? Like, it's so weird. So uh, up next, number one, the winner of the IWC award. I believe the second year in a row, if I'm not mistaken. WWE dealing with Saudi Arabia, 65 points, 51 first place votes. Boy. Um, they wasn't getting their money on time. Wrestlers was getting stranded over there. People's wives were scared. They tried to pass off a women's match as some type of huge deal over there. They routinely <laughs> bring back controversial figures like Hulk Hogan for these shows. Um, they set up Cain Velasquez to like in the fallout of Kofi Kansas and Cain Velasquez is plugged in for the Saudi Arabia show. Um, this is just, the, and it's routinely just the worst thing that WWE is involved with every year. It's politicized their promotion um, to an extent. And, it's just like you look at all the failing metrics and the, as the years go on, the more important this shit is going to be. Yeah, it's it's I mean, 
this is what they're going to rely on. And, you know, they started double dipping and who knows what happens in the future. Maybe they start triple dipping to, to make this work because, um, you know, they have to pay more and more salary than they were expecting to pay. They were, they thought they were going to keep salary low and then AEW happens and now they got to pay people more, more closer to what they're actually worth. So, um, they're going to have to rely. They're going to have to rely on, you know, stuff like this and, like that dude's not gonna be undead. He's gonna continue to be dead, and he's gonna continue to go be a thing. And once you, you know, once you have stories about like you know the the the, the plane being stopped for whatever reason, like more of this goofiness is gonna attract more negativity from the fan base. It's like it's one thing when it's like it's some reporter that people don't have some attachment to. It's another one when it's like a group of people that you watch on a weekly basis getting fucked with, and they're and you know, and some of them are concerned for their own safety. Like, hopefully, hopefully, there's no more crazy stories of surrounding Saudi Arabia and this shit or whatever else. So they can do their shitty shows, get their blood money, and get the fuck on. Right. Like yeah. that's the best case scenario, and that's what I hope. Yeah. And that's what I hope is like, look, if they're gonna continue to do these shows. Hopefully, there's no more controversy. There's no more planes being stopped on tarmac. There's no more people being stuck in hotels or what or what have you. There's no more trying to having to you know rush to get the developmental onto the main roster to try to cover for the fact that like they can't get their talent back in time and when they should have uh, had plenty of time to spare. So hopefully, there's no more bullshit around these Saudi Arabia things, and hopefully, like this. I don't want to say die downs or whatever dies down or, but like is there's no more controversy after this beyond what we already have. Yeah. I think uh, voters got it totally right here. And there's a lot of like shit that caused like outrage and there's shit that didn't make it on this list. Like quite frankly, but Cornette leaving the NWA was a big thing that happened. Uh, Dean Ambrose and him, people thinking, you know, him leaving his, his work is just just such a foreign concept to these fans that you know someone might not want to work for the WWE and um, just the rejection of wrestling reporting and everything just manifesting itself right there. Um, uh, Ronda Rousey exposing the business for a lead up, uh, saying everything was fake. I, I don't think I kind of love it should have on here and um, the backlash of Hell in a Cell after that fucking shit show they they served us. Um, yeah, just just a lot of shit uh, on here that was, you know, fortunately, if you saw it, you knew what was going on. Uh, but hopefully you uh, didn't let some of this stuff like kill you too much. So but yeah, this was unquestionably like, you know, I them being in Saudi Arabia and everything around it is just like, yo, that's, um, you know, and then WWE weaponizing NXT against AEW. That's a fucking huge one. <laughs> it's a a war uh that they started you know yeah definitely um so that's the end of the awards right that is the end of the of the awards so um some of the big winners in the categories of course are like you know we got Will Osprey, Adam Cole, Cody, B Priestley uh, stardom wrestler of the year. Um, yeah, so we've got, you know, it's kind of, you know, where, where it goes here. So, uh, maybe we should put up a, a poll with those four names on it. Um, <laughs> so, and like, that's just, isn't that just like, wow, why is, you know, so, um, y'all let us know out of those four, who, who's the wrestler of the year? But so. between the winners of our categories? Yeah. Okay. 
Oh, man. Okay, so um, now that we're done with that part, uh, this is time for um, this new edition of the award show that we're, that we're adding, where we're going to talk about, uh, me and Rich are going to take turns talking about our 10 favorite matches of 2019 uh, through all out the world. So um, I'm going to have Rich go first with his number 10. All right. Um, I will go with... Dragon Lee versus Will Ospreay at Dominion, uh, IWGP Junior Championship match. Days after uh, Will Ospreay runs it with Shingo Takagi, rolls into Dominion, looking like the IWGP title is all but his. Uh, but there was a guy named Dragon Lee waiting for him, who also is no slouch himself. They have an electric, I want to say, 21-minute match. Five-star match anywhere you want to name it. Loved it. Yeah, for me, um, number 10, um, out of AEW, the Young Bucks versus the Lucha Bros in the, uh, ladder match of death for the AAA tag titles. Um, I thought this match had some of the, you know, uh, this was not a match that, um, when it's like these spot fest type matches, I, I, all I want is a simple story of, mostly what I'm looking for is a simple story of, one, are you trying to win the match? And two, is the violence or spots escalating? Um, it reached a certain point to where in the third act it didn't escalate, but what they had to make up for it um, in the third act was it got so personal between the Mexican standoff when they're both uh, you know do splashes at, or basically they, the, the big spot was the what's it called the Canadian the, destroyer the Canadian destroyer through the table then it led to a Mexican standoff it's where the little brothers are basically saying like don't jump don't crash off the, off a ladder th- through and, and crash through a table on my bigger brother they both had to stand off they both crashed and then you get to the part where um it got so you know in their minds it got so physical to where and so uh personal to where um one of the young bucks snatches Pentagon's mask off he falls off and then I think it was Matt and then they yeah. proceed mass immediate payback for instead of trying to win, trying to get personal. His payback is, you want to do that? Okay, we're going to f- we're going to fucking uh, combo package power drive you on a ladder bridge and fucking murder you. That's what you get for for going over over the lines of fucking with someone's mask. <laughs> How dare you? You fucking you're fucking dead. We win the titles. Fuck you. So it 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 didn't peak with that spot, but they had storytelling elements on the back end to add to where it took from emotionally from the crazy physical stuff in the ring. So they did a great job, no doubt. Um, so my number nine is Kenny Omega versus John Moxley, the death match or the lights out match at um uh what, what the fuck show is that Full Gear? Yeah, and um this shit like. It was it was a very divisive match, but if you fall on the side of the coin that loved it, yo, this was like not that he had to answer these questions anyway, because if you watch Kenny Omega for any amount of time, you know what it was. He's about that life. <laughs> um, um, John Bisley just like uh, showed up and was like. Whatever he had to get out of his system with having these crazy ass matches, I think he achieved it. I don't know how <laughs> many so. more he's going to do, but but um, he can always go there. He's always wanted to go there, and this was like, yo, if you want to do like uh, a death match brawl, but like still have wrestling elements and uh, you know just set up all these different like creative callbacks and you know just gruesome stuff too in there and. 
just watch two people just kick the shit out of each other and storytelling elements and um, a big fight feel, main event atmosphere. This was like fucking great. Yeah, number nine for me, Candice LeRae vs. Io Shirai, NXT TakeOver Toronto 2 um, from, I think it's August 10th. This match, I, I rewatched these matches, all of them, in the last um, couple weeks or whatever else. And the thing that struck out to me was, like, this match is a match that is better upon replay. Some of these matches are not. For example, like, Walter versus uh, 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 Tyler Bate is not better on rewatch. Or even the Young Bucks match um, feels like it's not as special for the first time watching it. But... Io does a brain buster in the announce table and then like just targets Candace's head from that point forward. Then Candace hits a tope tornado DDT. She uh she escapes out of fireman's carry uh position and turns to her versus Rana. Eo does a Spanish fly, uh Eo does a moonsault, uh Eo snaps and gives her these twelve uh these twelve six palm strikes hit the back of the head and slaps on a Koji clutch, and then like she traps Candace's arms where she can't like tap out. Just like passes her out from the pain. It's like they told a consistent story throughout the whole thing. She was targeting her head, beating the hell out of her. It was brutal. Candace got her time to shine with, with certain spot, big big spots or whatever else. And at the end, EO wins by being ruthless. That's how you make a new character and take her on the way and take her on her way. And it's like no wonder she is the most over woman in NXT. Yeah. Um, up next, uh, we've got uh, John Moxley versus Tomohiro Ishii uh, in the G One. When John Mosley uh, went to AEW, I was praying he was in the B block because we know who's in the B block. That's, that's <laughs> the, the, the easy block, you know. We're like we know where it's at, <clears throat> and um, they delivered one hundred percent. Ishii's one of my favorite guys. Uh, I love what Moxley did this year, and this was just brilliant. Um, just air Ishii, air Ishii, uh, Moxley. Showing just this ruthless side of himself and showing he can hang with like the best in the world, and I fuck with it big time. Yeah, um, number eight for me, same match. Uh, John Moxley versus Tomaru Ishii, night six of the G One. Um, just an incredible match. Um, it's just it's just so jarring to see Ishii sell for somebody just immediately like that, and then like from there he reaches a level of desperation where he fights back or whatever else. It starts no selling and just awesome, and you know it's another standard. It's another great Ishii match, but it's added, added element of this new person he's never wrestled before, and to see um, Moxie flat out for so much of that match beat Ishii's ass from pillar to post, take him to over to the East or West side and have him bash his head into it. It'll do well. Can you, like, it's like, there's a rite of passage in Corican Hall. <laughs> Smash someone's head into the East or West side. So, or even their hand or whatever else. So, um, it was awesome. And as you said, Air Ishii, he reached such a level of desperation where he's like, I gotta put this fuck, I gotta smash through this, <laughs> through a t- I gotta fly through the air to beat this dude. And the head butts, it's just, it's just a great match. Rich, number up seven. next, um, I've got uh, Shingo Takagi versus Tomohiro Ishii uh, for the G1 Real Man Wrestling, and just sounding off slaps, chops, two dudes that ain't no taller than like like Chris Paul's towering over both of these dudes, and like <laughs> and you know Chris Paul's short, so um, yeah, man, like. I don't know how you do better than this. Like this is like this is real man wrestling. So you if you're a real man, you should like this match. Like 
<laughs> if you're not a real man, you should like this match. This is great. Number seven for me, Arisa Nakajima versus Nanai Takahashi for the Seedland Beyond the Sea singles title. It's also a um a hair versus hair match. It's from uh I believe it's November second. Um, this is a match that shout out to Joshi City's Twitter account because uh, they said that these two put on this match and I had seen Nanai Takahashi. She's probably the person that would put highest on the list of someone that I, some, some super, some person that was a star or legend in the business or whatever else that I had not seen until this year. And now I know how awesome they are. She's probably number one on this list. Um, watching some of her, you know, early couple years of stardom stuff, her wars with, uh, not, or with, uh, Nasuki Tayo, uh, EO, whoever else, and then to see her in seedling in special matches with, like, Takumi, I'm sorry, uh, Takumi Aroha or, or Asuka that's in Japan, not our Asuka, and to see this match where all she's done throughout her entire career, um, after stardom is, Beat the piss, <laughs> beat the piss out of uh, Arisa Nakajima, and she's the champion, and she is very much like on the Hogan, Brock Lesnar, Triple H schedule. She ain't losing unless there's a damn good reason, and she loses to Takumi Aroha, and Arisa comes through and breaks up the celebration for Takumi, and said and is pissed off that she's never beaten this woman, even when uh, Arisa was the ace in uh, J- JWP. And she, you know, she gets the match with Takumi. She becomes a champion, but she's never beaten uh, Nanai. And Nanai wants her her belt back. So they put it on the line. You want a title shot? Hair versus hair. And they go out there and they have a fucking war. It is every bit as brutal and vicious as any Shingo match from last year. Um, the wrestling is ex- as crisp as anything else you'll see. There's a segment, in, there's a, there's a, there are two different segments that like stick in my mind and like, this is some of the best wrestling I've seen this year. This is the best women's match I've seen all year. It's nothing even compares. Um, when I first watched this match, I immediately thought f- four and three quarters without knowing any, any of the story I just explained with all of the, all the stuff through their careers. After that, after seeing, you know, Manami Toyota and Toshia Yamada in, uh, in the ring and it's basically the it's a storyline to pass down through you know their previous 92 hair versus hair match like i don't know what the fuck i was thinking why not giving this thing five stars it's a credible match it's one of the best matches of the year if you haven't seen it please watch this thing if if you are a person that's into strong style wrestling or, or new japan pro wrestling this match would have been a match of the year contender in in that promotion it's an incredible match I can't, I can't speak enough to it. This is the best, this is the only match that I put on this list that was not from one of the five, uh, promotions that we cover on an almost weekly basis in, um, in, uh, One Nation Radio. I think it's that special of a match. Yeah. Um, up next, I've got, uh, oh, this is tough looking at it. I'm going to go with Kazushko Kata versus Will Ospreay from the G1. Um, the world wanted Will Ospreay to win. <laughs> <laughs> Dave Meltzer wanted Will Ospreay to win, <laughs> bro. Like he was on this crazy roll, and it would have made sense to set up for you know England uh, later on. That Suzuki ended up getting that match, but this was like this was really, really, really fucking great. And it was like the day like there's there's another match between these guys coming, oh, and when that happens, oh yeah, yes sir. 
Yeah. Yes, sir. Like he's the one that's going to push Okada to be great in the future. Uh, to win, you know, whatever Okada may lose physically over the next, you know, you know, amount of time, like he's going to find it to, to fight Will. So, um, this was like a crazy closing sequence. I remember that. And, um, it was just like watching Masters of the Craft, modern, like everything you're, you're looking for, like in wrestling that it was right here. Yeah. Um, this six, right? Yeah. That was my six. Okay, number six for me. Mai Iwatani versus Kagetsu Red Belt match, um, Christmas Eve for the year in climax and stardom. Um, this end of an era. Um, it's the two best wrestlers in the company. Um, one is the head trainer and she is a day after this match is announcing her retirement and is out the door after, you know, her, her protege is also retired at this earlier in the same show. And my young guess who have a history of great matches, and I believe they went out there and put on their their best performance together ever. Um, this is a match that is just it is every bit uh, like the thought in the in the layout. It reminds me so much of the Tanahashi and Okada matches that like that you know brought me into stardom. I'm not starting. We brought me in New Japan, and like this was just a cap off of this incredible year of watching this promotion that I had not watched previously um, in any type of uh, real way, and it just like validated like the reason for why I watched this shit. <laughs> I watched this shit to do the weekly uh, uh, talks about Stardom because they have great matches, but when the time calls for it, they have like the classic memorable thing that you just you know it just wow. That makes you say, wow, this is incredible. So, um, Rich, number five. Number five, the Young Bucks versus the Lucha Brothers from AEW All Out. <sighs> a lot of what James said on there. And then I'm just thinking about the greatest match in the promotion's history uh, thus far is this one. Um, huge fan of the Young Bucks. Finally seeing them, you know, take their rightful place, like, in America on the higher stages. Um, <clears throat> big fan of, like, the Lucha Bros, too. Like, you know... They're not like they can be a singles act. They can be a tag team. There's value in either one of them. And this was like the culmination of the first chapter of the AEW rivalry. This has been a long American professional wrestling rivalry and like PWG and uh, different like other indies. Like they've been running all over the country for years. And this is like they, they imported like a regional great rivalry to a national stage. And if you think about it, the Bucks won that first match at double or nothing. They had that six man or the, the pair of six mans and, and one in, uh, you know, fighter fest and the other one in Mexico. And then they had one, one other match, which was this one. They're really just one to one in AEW. So you know what that means? <laughs> There's more coming. So eventually one day they'll, they'll be running it again. And a lot of feuds like that are in AEW right now. A lot of one to ones right now. So, uh, I, this one w- was really special, and I can't wait to see these teams go at it again. <laughs> it, it, I didn't care whether it was for the AAA belts, the AEW belts, whatever belts that they had on the line. Um, and it's almost like a summary of the the entire feud. It was just like these, this. When I say Rizzo Lattice Pro Wrestling, this these two teams like embody it. They are it. So uh, yeah, that was that was it. Uh, what number are you now? Uh, that was my number five. Okay. Okay, number five for me, 
Walter versus Tyler Bate, NXT UK title match, NXT UK uh, TakeOver Cardiff. This, in my opinion, is the all-time big guy, little guy match now. It is now supplanted in my mind, um, you know, Undertaker versus Sean. Um, WrestleMania 25. Um, it's it's just incredible. I rewatched it recently. I don't think that the match is as good as watching it the first time, but the match is incredible, and it is based so simply. It's like the big guy gets an advantage, uh, or the big guy gets an advantage, and then he proceeds to uh, work over that dude's back, and then bait fights from underneath and fights from underneath and fights from underneath and gets spots and takes advantage of them and capitalizes to try to change the tide and uh, every time he gets some type of ground uh some some type of momentum going every time walter chops that back or chops shit out of him and cuts him off and then you just want it more and more and more with bait and then we get to like the last 10 minutes of that match or 15 minutes of that match and it's just incredible. The crowd's on his feet the whole time, just living and dying with this small dude to overcome this fucking uh, Neanderthal <laughs> giant. And <laughs> and you know we end we end the match with like you know he gets the power bomb st- and gets stacked up on his shoulders and he kicks at one and and Walter just cannot believe it. And we, we, we that was the last bit that he had of resiliency and just Walter just you know. Clothesline the last of the fire and just took out, or turned the lights out and, and won the match. And then you're, and you're just like, I don't want anyone ever to ever beat Walter in NXT UK ever. Bury him with that fucking belt. Number four, Walter versus Tyler Bate. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, man. I remember watching this. It was like, this match was great for a really long time. And then it just went to another level. Yes. Like, like, um, and it was like, Watching Tyler Bate sometimes it makes you sad. Think about it, he's all the way over in NXT UK <laughs> on an island, and like we can't see you be great more often, right? Um, but yeah, you talk about great big man, little man matches. Like this is class um, of that. It was. I remember around that time, I was like, "Is any is as good as anything in the G one or better?" And it was like, you know, it was it was something the NXT UK needed, like to say, "Hey, we're here," except like. You know, y'all really ain't because there's a promotion that doesn't exist. But like, this um, was like, it, yeah, like it. Sorry, but this felt like the almost like a makeup for what happened when they did with Bate versus Walter and putting that in New York. Or Dunn versus Walter. Yeah, that's yeah. what I meant. Yeah, sorry. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, this was this was great uh, all time match. Yeah, um, number four for me. Tomohiro Ishii versus Shingo Takagi from Night 16 of the G1. It's just hyperballing at its finest. Um, it is, it is almost like veteran Ishii versus a younger version of Ishii that wrestles us just a little bit different enough to make it where it's like it's not exactly a mirror match, but the things they do differently from Ishii psychology to Shingo's pacing and uh, let's say the jabs and striking ability. It, it, it was they're just a perfect match for each other and I can't wait for them to wrestle again I hope they wrestle each other again a million times I hope when they both die they wrestle each other in heaven they're they're perfectly built for each other <laughs> that's funny um my number three uh, Adam Cole versus Johnny Gargano 2 at uh takeover 25 and this was like <laughs> for me, like looking at this feud, there were seven falls in it. This was the best one. 
like, like this was like, yo, this 30 minute match of like not a lot of interference. Just like I, I previously described it. Imagine if Shawn Michaels and Bret Hart didn't have egos and then got imported <laughs> into modern wrestling. That's what this was. And I can imagine Shawn Michaels sitting backstage like, fuck, man. I wish like I got to do that more in my career. Like I wasn't wrestling these big motherfuckers all the time. And, um, this was a, this, this for me, it was like way better than the match I was in attendance for. And it was just like, yo, like these guys are great. Like say what you want. Like they'll come out there and smoke you. Like if you, if you ain't looking like, I didn't know Cole was this good. Obviously you knew Johnny was this good, but this was like, this is where it's at for, for WWE. I think it's like possibly like it's one of the best WWE matches ever. Yeah. And it's just like, yeah, like unfuckwittable. Yeah. Uh, number three for me, Will Ospreay for Shingo Takagi, best super junior final. Um, I think it's Sumo Hall. It just, just incredible storytelling throughout that whole thing. You have, um, <laughs> and, and it's a story that like probably shouldn't work. Like you have this in, unstoppable force going just like a hot knife through butter through other competition on his side. And on the other end, you have Will Ospreay, um, and they just wrestling back and forth. And it's like, can this dude stop this? stop this 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 unstoppable thing and machine through throughout the whole match he just keeps coming it keeps coming and like they have some of the best exchanges in wrestling um and sequences in wrestling throughout all the year like maybe the best like there are two or three of them in this match and they're just incredible and at the end you have you, you have will like finishes him with with the top with the os cutter thing and then like and holds on and lifts him back up and then you know finishes them with uh it, it's just incredible there's so much great wrestling in that match so much you already know where i'm going with it number two will osprey versus shingo takagi um, <laughs> what james said and more rich last pro wrestling um the best of junior heavyweight match of all time um you're never gonna find dudes like lining up the way they were to meet on that day like with the build and um who they were at the point in their careers like I don't know how you're going to line that up too much more often. Yeah. And, um, yeah, like, Will, you think it's like, if you didn't think Will was great, he was there. (laughs) If you, and if you didn't know who Shingo Takagi was and you were like, you know, he wrestled in this small promotion and, uh, you weren't quite sure, but even though New Japan was telling you every step of the way, because man had literally been protected for months and months and months and never losing. Um, yeah. Can't fuck with them dudes. Like yeah. when it comes to in the ring, like that's 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 where it's at. Yeah. Like Shingo from like I did not watch a Shingo match until this year, and it's like Yo, how has this dude already like in the current running like that high on my list of favorite wrestlers in like in the world currently? Like he shot up like a like a like a like a like a comet through the air, through the sky. It's crazy. Um, number two for me, Arisa Oshiki versus Tam Nakano white belt match stardom from I think the June Cork and Hall show. Um, it's the best storyline in stardom. It is one of my favorite uh, storylines of the year. It are two people are in a faction. 
one person uh, is a solid is a solid mid carter in the company. The other one is a person returning but is a geek. This person rises, um, quiet as is kept, and the person that is dismissive ends up having her dream stolen from this upstart or this returning person, and it just grows in resentment, and it leads to the, the culmination of this match where they knee and kick the the their faces off. And it ends where um, the returner wins, but the performance that you remember is mostly from the the person uh, that had all the resentment, and you see some of that melt away, and it ends in respect, and it leads to what you hope is a retire is a, re- a rematch down the line where she says, "Don't you dare lose that belt to someone else," and it's all the emotion, and like this was like the. F- this is like the first starter match that uh, I saw that I was like, yo, like, I think I'm sticking with this company like for a long ass time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Number one, Russell Kingdom 13 main event, Kenny Omega versus Hiroshi Tanahashi. Gushed about this match on different shows. I've talked about like what it felt like being a Kenny fan, watching it, thinking about it in hindsight. Uh, the emotional entrances for both, both guys, uh, Kenny's like the music changed, the blending of the styles, like of like you know the the lead in to the match, like yeah, Kenny's got to be the guy that takes this thing worldwide, but it doesn't happen for whatever reason. Uh, you know he's gone from the company. The Ace rides again, all all blended in one, selling out the dome. Um, <clears throat> it's just like a very special match, and. I'm a huge fan of Hiroshi Tanahashi. I marked out like a child when I met him, uh, like last week again, second time. Um, <laughs> and it's just like, yo, this is like another career peak for him. Uh, another dome main event for Kenny, you know, and it was like, yo, if that's Kenny's last, like Wrestle Kingdom, whatever, it's like, what a way to fucking leave. Wrestle Kingdom wasn't the same without Kenny Omega. I don't care what anyone says. Um, and it was like, it was like the last, like, you know, the the last act of the best bout machine, essentially, you know, and I, I love that match uh, for all those reasons. Like you go out there and, and you lose clean in the middle honorably to uh, a guy that like earns your respect. And I think uh, Tana or Kenny earned some of Tanahashi's respect uh, by doing it Tanahashi's way in the match. And Tanahashi had to resort to, you know, <laughs> a lot of shit that he said he wasn't about to put this guy away. And it was just like, this is a beautiful match. And, uh, I, I hope you rewatch it, you know, soon, but, uh, it, it's been a while since I watched it. Yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, it, I think it's the best me- mesh of, of like two different styles that I can think probably this year between like two high profile people that wrestled their way. And then they have to meet in the middle. I think it's like the best like compromise to tell a story between on both halves. Um, mm-hmm. Number one for me, Johnny Gargano versus Adam Cole, two out of three falls match NXT vacant title match uh, at uh, t- in, or NXT takeover New York should have been called Brooklyn five, but whatever. Um, this was a culmination of, or this is the end of a 20 month, uh, storyline for Johnny Gargano. And, um, it wasn't, a, it wasn't the opponent that was planned for, but on short notice, they had a hell of a, uh, 
of a of a turnaround or a three weeks notice to to get this thing up and going. Um, the promo the the promos of them doing AC doing like the twenty four seven stuff where Johnny is going back to his um his home promotion in Cleveland, uh, and you have the training sessions there, and then you have. Um, Adam Cole, you know, going to basically like some, you know, almost like a, a combine workout facility where, you know, he, he does all the, all the combine drills or whatever else and, and quick super twist stuff kicks. and all of a sudden he's super, he's super kicking stuff. This is ridiculous. He's super kicking past the practice. Uh, um, and then you had the promo where they finally meet face to face after, uh, Cole wins that five way match. Where he steals the pin from Ricochet after Ricochet had the match one, which is like stop doing that in multi man matches in WWE, please. Anyway, <laughs> um, they go face to face and they talk about their paths through um, since signing with NXT to getting to this point. And the clear difference is the clear differences they have where one guy comes in and lays out the, the new the newly crowned champion is, and that was his path, and then twenty months later he finally gets there. Um, with undisputed, and on the other end, you have this dude that got betrayed by his best friend, goes singles, um, wrestles his ass off on the undercard, wrestles his ass off, gets to the main event, fails and fails and fails in spectacular fashion. These incredible matches, and loses loses his way, turns heel. Alistair Black kicks him since or, or kicked his ass. Uh, the ricochet, or sorry, the ricochet thing, he finally cheats and gives himself a title match or whatever else, and then it leads to after, you know, he's about to get his revenge on this fucking guy that kind of caused him to you know, lose off deep end, and he's gone, and the only person he has left to go focus on is all the stuff he went through to get to this point, now he has to go through one final challenge, Adam Cole, like that, the quote unquote chosen one, uh, in NXT, and they go out there and they have two good falls, they have one good fall. They have a very good um, second fall. And then the third fall happens, and they immediately have, outside of Shingo and in, 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 um, Ishii or Shingo and Osprey, like the best run of wrestling in the world that I saw in 2019. Um, that run, they it turned all of a sudden into just a, it turned into a fucking G1 final or best super junior final or like the last 15 minutes of a Tokyo domain event and the crowds into it. They they're it's so incredible. Uh, I watched it again um, a week or two ago in like, just when Johnny starts kicking out, I started getting emotional thinking of like the 20 months of all that shit that he went through to get to this point in the times where he should have fucking won the title, but they didn't. And the crowd's living and dying with that dude. And they, and they finally pay it off where they set all these insurmountable odds against him when undisputed comes out and he like literally kicks all the undisputed's ass. And then they set you up to think you're about to get fucked with the Johnny, with the, with the triple H special, which is interference. Babyface overcomes interference. And then here comes triple H with the sledgehammer, or whatever else they, or the pedigree to hit them with their move in the middle of the ring and win. And then he kicks and then he's about to get the last slot, uh, shot and he ducks underneath and he slaps on the Gargano escape and he Cole reach last gas reach for the ropes Johnny kicks off the ropes rolls back and cranks on that fucker's neck and and Adam Cole has no chance choice but to tap out and 20 months pays off the crowd's losing his shit for him um he he goes to celebrate with his dad and his family he goes back up the ramp they put up the uh the, the go home symbol and then you know classic Johnny Gargano just because that 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 logo in the bottom third is up does not mean they're going dark. Champa comes out, 
congratulates him. They know that Chompa is leaving this next situation. is going to come back as like one of the biggest baby faces. And they go on from there and they go dark and it, it paid off in a way that was very, very rewarding in a way they like the, the way that you feel all wrestling should be paid off. And it was great. Um, so yeah, uh, that is 2019. Yeah, that's 2019. Uh, I can't wait to do like 2000. What we see the for 2020 and between AEW, NXT, the main roster, what they have to give us in New Japan stardom and whatever else we see in the world of Joshi or whatever else and or whatever else we see Dragon Gate, whatever the hell we get is going to be great because a lot of great wrestling. I like it also. It's progressing. It's awesome. I also like to shout out El uh, Ejo Del Vikingo versus Laredo Kid um, yeah. from AAA uh, as definitely a, another match to check out. If it's, it feels like you got an inside peek into a world that like it's like holy shit, what's going on over there? Like if yeah. that's what it, what the fuck's going on? Check it out. It's on YouTube. Right. So uh, one thing, one thing I'll get since you're giving a honorable mention to, I'll give him one honorable mention. I'm always, I have, uh, I have heard that, um, I am known to be a, a person that, that deals too much on wanting stuff to be serious and not too much on the fun. So I will recommend, I, I guess my 2019 comedy match of the year, Sukasa Fujimoto versus 1010. Check it out. Uh, it is a storyline based around a potential, uh, love triangle between, the 2018 uh, Tokyo Sports Joshi Award winner and um, a inflatable panda couple. That's all I'm going to say. It is fucking hilarious. It tells a story. It has a conclusion. A happy ending. And this person that may be a home record comes out as a baby face at the end. It's incredible. And it's totally ridiculous and absurd. Enjoy. It's crazy because, like, I, I, I was kind of picking between Omega and Tanahashi and Antonio Honda. And <laughs> I knew like, you were gonna do. I knew you were gonna say that bullshit. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, well. Well, so, any, well, yeah. So uh, Tanahashi that, and Kenny just edged them out. <laughs> okay. So uh, now that we mentioned uh, all the matches from 2019 and our, even honorable mentions, uh, I'm going to throw to uh, our, our top tens from all our con- contributors from um, our this project at the beginning of the year or the end of uh, the end of the year for um, going over the 2019 for different motions from started in New Japan to NXT to in, in, slash WWE to AEW. Um, that's Jeremy. That's Imp. That's Floyd. Um, Amy, unfortunately, I made a mistake and did not, uh, get a chance to record her and we couldn't make it up in time. Um, but, uh, you know, uh, eventually we'll come around and be able to figure something out. But, uh, that's also Dylan Fox and like, I, I hope you guys enjoy. And if, you know, you enjoyed those shows and enjoyed our, you know, year end project for 2019, I hope you check this out and, um, listen to their passion, same passion that we have for professional wrestling 2019. And if there's something that, you know, that you didn't check out or whatever else throughout the year and you have some time, maybe go check out um, the match they suggest because they watched a lot of great wrestling issues like we did. And if there's something you missed out on, it's something you probably you should check out and give it a look. So I'm going to go ahead and throw there. Um, uh, thanks for listening. Peace. Oh, 
All right, so Jeremy Donovan here to give my top 10 favorite matches from across the world in 2019. So starting at number 10 is John Moxley versus Tomohiro Ishii from the G1 Climax Day 6. Uh, just a great matchup between uh, two brawlers. And it's just great seeing John Moxley just, you know, he just had such a horrible last year in WWE and just seeing him flourish in the New Japan environment and having this all-out brawl with Ishii and getting air Ishii and just the kind of back and forth between these guys. Um, just a great matchup. Uh, then my number nine is Lucha Bros versus the Young Bucks from All Out. One of the craziest ladder matches that I've seen in my life. These guys literally thought of every crazy spot and did it. I mean, a Canadian destroyer off the top of a ladder through a table that was freaking nuts. And there's, it's going to be very hard for any ladder match to come close to what Lucha Bros and Young Bucks did at all out. Uh, my number eight is Shingo Takagi versus Tomohiro Ishii from the G1 day 16. Um, this is, you know, the definition of a strong style fight right here with Shingo and Ishii. These two bruisers just slugging each other and testing each other's um, will and strength and was just a, a great brawl. Uh, my number seven is Kota Bushi versus Will Ospreay from uh, G1 Climax Day 5. Uh, just um, the epic rematch from the Wrestle Kingdom match and uh, Kota Ibushi getting his comeuppance and just a bunch of crazy spots between these guys and looking forward to seeing those guys do it again. Uh, my number six is Dragon Lee versus Will Ospreay from Dominion. Uh, just a great junior title match. Ospreay coming off this amazing best of super juniors and uh, defeating Shingo and having to, you know, have another great performance just a few days later. And these guys uh, tore the house down. Uh, moving on to my number five, Jordan Devlin versus David Starr from the OTT fifth anniversary show. Uh, I've been following the Devlin, uh, David Starr slash Walter rivalry, uh, for the past year or so. And just some of the best promos you get between these guys and just these epic promo, uh, videos and just a personal issue these guys had and just, um, how they brilliantly executed a double turn and having, you know, the OTT crowd turn on Devlin and support David Starr, who's kind of defending the independent wrestler and, um, you know, Devlin kind of being the evil guy because he's an NXT UK. Uh, it was a great match and a great story. Uh, my number four is Jay White versus Kota Ibushi from the G1 Finals. Another great story with Kota Ibushi having to, you know, fight against the odds, literally against the whole Bullet Club at one point, and uh, having to take out all Jay White's shenanigans and coming from behind. And, um, you know, everybody thought that Jay White was going to win this thing, but Abushi was able to Kamagoya his way into a victory and win the G1. Then my number three is Walter versus Tyler Bate from TakeOver Cardiff. This match was just incredible. It was your simple David versus Goliath storyline, but you had an incredible David and an incredible Goliath. And these guys literally just went back and forth and just threw everything but the kitchen sink in there and just had a great matchup. Then my number two is uh, Kenny Omega versus Hiroshi Tanahashi from Wrestle Kingdom 13. Uh, just 
an epic matchup here. Kenny Omega's last match in New Japan, the Gaijin Ace versus the Ace of the Universe. And just the story they were telling there with Tanahashi holding up the traditional values of New Japan and Kenny Omega's whole thing and wanting to change the world. You also had the Kota Ibushi element in there with both guys kind of wanting to fight for Kota Ibushi's attention. Tanahashi wanted to mentor Abushi and Kenny obviously wanted to continue the Golden Lovers tag team and having Abushi uh, be on his side. And those guys went out and had a great Tokyo Dome main event. It was just great to see Tanahashi get one more uh, shot at the title in the Dome. And then my number one match is Shingo Takagi versus Will Ospreay from the best of the Super Junior Finals. Um, another great story here, um, having Shingo being built up, never being pinned and just undefeated and just running through everybody in his block. And then Will Ospreay um, kind of being pictured as an underdog here and having to, uh, you know, take out this unstoppable juggernaut in Shingo Takagi. And these guys went out here, had an epic match, and Osprey was able to um, slay the dragon and beat Shingo. So that is my uh, top 10 list. Okay, so here we are. Uh, it's the end of the year. And uh, James Boyd of One Nation Radio has asked me to send in uh, a list of what I consider to be the 10 best matches of the year, uh, starting with number 10. Uh, and I've got to say, in 2019, this is almost uh, <laughs> an impossible task. And in most cases, you could say any match from a list of probably close to 100 matches that occurred around the world, and you'd still be, you know, in it nominating matches that, you know, 15, 20 years ago would have easily been matched there, even a decade ago. So, you know, um, there's never been as much good wrestling accessible or available to us as there is now. And so I'm very excited to hear what other people's lists are aside from just mine. And this is no way an authoritative list. This is just a list of what I've seen and what I've consumed and what I think are you know, 10 of the best matches of the year. Um, before I start, I do want to give an honorable mention to a uh, match from Dragon Gate, uh, KZ versus Pac, and another honorable mention to uh, Kito Kiyomiya versus Segura from uh, Noah, Noah's Global Tag League, uh, two of the best Pro matches of the year that unfortunately just barely didn't make the cut for my list. But if you haven't seen them, they could easily be interchangeable with almost any match, uh, that I'm about to list. So, you know, you definitely want to go your way and, and catch those matches. And that's Kiyomi and Segura from, uh, Noah and KZ versus Pac from Dragon Gate. So, uh, let's start with number 10. Um, the number 10 match that I have listed is El Vikingo versus Laredo Kid from Triple A or Triple A. Um, this match is literally just pure insanity. A match that um, is revolutionary when it comes to an age where uh, athleticism is at an all-time high in wrestling. And these guys were able to take the athleticism that's at an all-time high in in, uh, wrestling and and improve upon it and exceed it. If you haven't seen Vikingo and Laredo, it's a thrilling spot fest lucha style match. Uh, these guys are in a different league, honestly, and like, I can't wait to see them either in Japan or in America once, uh, someone gets wise and starts booking these guys, brings them in. So, uh, go out of your way to see that. Uh, coming in at number nine, um, I've nominate, or I'm picking, uh, 
Daniel Bryan versus Kofi Kingston from WrestleMania. And just one of the best told stories and feuds of the entire year. One of the most meaningful moments of the year with the uh, Kofi title win. Um, the emotion, the build, the stage. Uh, it had everything. And, you know, um, as great as Kofi is, Bryan was just, you know, a, a master at basically bringing this guy to an even higher level and upping his game. And um, I love this match. I, I, it's something that I'm definitely going to watch again. And one of the best WrestleMania matches of all time. So uh, Brian and Kofi uh, coming at number eight is uh, Adam Cole versus Johnny Gargano from NXT takeover 25. So this would be the rematch of the, uh, the match that they had at takeover in uh, Brooklyn, which I was actually there for that match live, but I preferred the rematch where Gargano finally beat Cole for the NXT title. And um, man, just, uh, you know, Gargano is the king of takeover. There's a reason they call him uh, Johnny takeover. And Adam Cole has shown, you know, exactly what all the hype and the buzz was, you know, for him. And these two guys kind of took a feud that, was built off of, uh, you know, circumstance and injury and, you know, kind of thrown together haphazardly and they were able to, with the promos and, you know, the build and, and everything of that nature, uh, kind of salvage it and actually turn it into something that was, uh, probably the feud of the year in, uh, NXT this year, which is just remarkable and one of the all time greatest takeover matches. And that's really, really saying something. So, um, congrats to, uh, <laughs> Cole and Gargano. Um, at number seven, I have, uh, Cody versus Dustin from AEW Double or Nothing. And this was a match that completely caught me off guard and by surprise. It's my favorite AEW match of the entire year. Uh to believe that it was gonna, you know, involve Cody uh and it and B five stars was something I never would have really uh considered or imagined, but uh it did. And I mean the emotion of this match, the story of this match, the timing of this match, the blood, the vis, the visceral, you know, reaction of people, the emotion, everyone was crying at the end of this, the post-match angle, the, the promos leading to it. This is a perfect presentation and, um, one of my favorite things that occurred in wrestling this entire year. So uh, I've got to definitely give props to Cody and Dustin on that one. Um, for number six, I'm going to nominate Shingo and Ishii. Uh, and, you know, obviously I host one of the <laughs> more successful uh, New Japan podcasts out there, uh, Keeping It Strong Style Weekly. So um, this is the first uh, New Japan match to make my list for the year. And just the most brutal, most violent and hard hitting strong style fight hoss fight you're going to see uh anywhere in the world that's including those boys over in big japan and all japan everything of that nature like this was just awesome um yeah two two bulls going to war and you know two of the best competitors in the world today you know fighting for honor and fighting for pride in the g1 climax so enough said there just an incredible match um at number five is hiroshi tanahashi versus kenny omega from wrestle kingdom and um, if you didn't hear my, uh, recollection of things during the top 10 list that I did, uh, for One Nation Radio during their New Japan, uh, retrospective, you might want to check that out. But just an incredible match, an incredible build, 
Um, a lot of intrigue, a lot of interesting story elements. I think most people did anticipate Kenny Omega to win here. And when Tanahashi, you know, reclaimed the crown after all these years, it was such a moment and the crowd reaction there. And then the significance of what it meant for the industry going forward with AW and everything like that. This was a really important historical moment, but an incredible, incredible match from two of the best in the world. And, uh, I really loved it. Um, coming in at number four is um, Star versus Jordan Devlin versus David Star from OTT fifth anniversary, and one of the most um, compelling builds to a match all year long, uh, dating back to their uh, you know friendship and rivalry, uh, the feuds with Walter. I mean, this was years in the in the making. Some of the best video packages that I've ever seen for wrestling ever and then um you know the match they had earlier in the year which was also incredible and then by the time we got here with uh the idea of like devlin being the nxt kind of like sellout guy you know he's leaving the company and you know david Starr is the the true independent wrestler and even though he's the heel uh people should be cheering for him because he's the one that stayed around and you kind of saw the the crowd switch and this was like a very smart and subtle uh, double turn, which was just done to perfection. And, um, as far as in ring, this is one of the crispest and best told stories in the ring of the entire year. Just blow your mind good. The, the crowd in, in Dublin. Oh my gosh. This is, this was an incredible match. And I know I keep saying that, but it's been such a great year. And, um, yeah, Star Devlin. If you haven't seen it, you have to see it. And then uh, number three is Shingo Takagi versus Will Ospreay. Best of the Super Juniors Finals. One of the best matches of the year. Probably in most people's bouts, probably is the match of the year. And, you know, an incredible build for two of the best performers in the entire world. Will Ospreay, probably the wrestler of the year. Shingo's not far behind. The, the story with these guys in the block, you know, both basically having two of the best runs in the history of the Super Juniors simultaneously during the best Super Juniors tournament in history, having the best finals match in history. Uh, yeah, it was a masterpiece. And then uh, at number two is Tyler Bate versus Walter from NXT UK TakeOver. And uh, this was something that I knew was going to be good, but I didn't have as high expectations as it ended up delivering. And I was just so pleasantly surprised to see, you know, these guys having a better match than even the ones that they'd had previously in like, say, progress and things of that nature. Um, this blew me away and in most years would have been easily my match of the year. I think it gets a little bit overlooked because of how great wrestling's been this year, but um, just phenomenal, phenomenal, phenomenal stuff. And then at number one, uh, my match of the year, my, my number one favorite wrestling match of the year across the world is... Jay White and Kota Ibushi for literally having a per perfect presentation in the match itself. Um, you know, basically just the story and um, everything that, that was kind of surrounding it. Um, just really, 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 really incredible. Um, so that's going to do it for me. Um, those were my favorite matches of the entire year. And I'm going to throw it back to these guys. Thanks. All right, so let me get into my top ten right now. Uh, you know, when we were talking a little bit about it, I just I told you before my top ten's a little 
off the wall almost when it comes to uh there's no natsu matches on like my stardom top 10 that we had on there that's that was my one mistake i regret it but otherwise there's a little bit of everything and my number 10 match i actually started off in pro wrestling noah actually a men's company uh which is one of my favorite companies if you listen to my other show you'll know i've always been a hard supporter of noah and this year I thought they really had – well, last year technically, no. I really thought they had a great bounce-back year, and my top 10 match was from Misawa's Memorial Show, uh, and it featured Takashi Sugira and Kaito Kiyomiya. Uh, Kaito, he's a guy – if you're not familiar with Noah, he's like this really young guy, only 22, 23 years old, but he actually won the title at the start of the year and had a title reign that lasted the whole year. Uh, in that time, the company got bought. Crazy things happened in the company, but everything really rose up. It's like his title reign kind of elevated them to a next level. Uh, and also the new ownership really did a great job, too. And it actually culminated with them running Sumo Hall and being really successful at it. They almost beat uh, DDT on that same show. Uh, but this match in Misawa's Memorial Show was really special because Sugira – and he's the man, even in his 50s, this guy can go to, you know, hit as hard as anybody else. He's like Ishii, but mixed with a technical wrestler. If you're a, a New Japan fan, he does a little bit of everything. And he just was vicious on Kaito. At one point, he speared him through the barricade. You know, in WWE, they do that spot like way too much. And it's kind of lame now. But in Noah, it's like nobody, nobody does it. So it's a way cooler, uh, way more unexpected with the the metal barricade too so that's a little different as well uh but it all led to kaito really bringing back the spirit of misawa which is important on that show uh he did all kinds of misawa moves and even his finisher is the tiger suplex so a lot of his stuff is like hey i'm taking the torch from where misawa left it 10 years ago it's like i'm picking it up i can do the tiger suplex i got the green attire and he really did a great job, I thought, in that match. And it's kind of funny because I think a lot of people were, were into – there's a lot of comparisons between Kaito and Kento Miyahara from All Japan. And I thought this match really stole the show in a lot of ways uh, when you look at their two title matches because it was – uh, executed in such a way to where, yeah, he was the underdog. He took a lot of punishment, but I thought this one had that extra bit of pop and – he tributed Misawa on the Misawa show. So I had to show respect to that. Uh, you know, so that was a good top 10 for me. Number 10 match there. Check that out. Number nine for me. And this is what we talked about before. Uh, on the startup show, Ari Sahoshiki versus Jungle Kiona. Uh, that was from the August 10th show at stardom. And like I said, this match had a little bit of everything to it. Jungle was amazing. Uh, the hot crowd, there was high energy between them, desperation to win, some drama, good build, and the Senegalese stretch buster, the best move in wrestling. So you got to watch this match. I talked about it at length a little bit more, just like my number eight match. I, back-to-back Hoshiki. Uh, Rich, uh, Rich Lada, shout out right now. This is our girl wrestler of the year. Uh, back-to-back in the top ten. Uh, Hoshiki my favorite match of hers wasn't actually a jungle match. I actually liked the Hazuki match from the July 24th show even better. Just a little bit. You can really toss these up any way you want. I think a lot of people might have even liked the jungle match better, to be honest with you. Uh, but for me, uh, the pop for the Hazuki straw, the hatred between these two, and that's a match you don't get a lot in stardom. Um, you know, you got some storyline matches and some great moves. But what this match had to me 
was hatred. And, you know, they had the emotion to it. Hazuki's missed. Like, where, where are you at, Hazuki? I need you to come back right now. We, we all need you. The world needed you most. You disappeared. That's kind of wild right there. Uh, but those were my, my back-to-back Hoshiki matches. Number seven, something totally different. That is the Battle of the Brothers from AEW's Double or Nothing, May 31st, Cody and Dustin Rhodes. Now, here's the thing I like about this match. I know Cody kind of gets clowned a lot by a lot of people uh, for not being that good of a worker. I, and I kind of agree with y'all, actually, people who think that for most of the time. But in this match, I thought it was a throwback match to an old-school NWA style. Uh, rare match to see in this day and age. There was blood. You know, you don't see that a lot nowadays, but they got that. Uh, another Hoshiki staple in 2020. But right now, blood in this match was at another level. This was Muta scale uh, levels that has to be graded on the Muta scale with Dustin here. There was a lot of drama. And, you know, Cody, the thing is, He's not a like amazing Will Ospreay type of wrestler where he's going to do all kinds of cool moves and you know rock the crowd that way. It's more so that the story is pushed to the forefront of his matches. So this was an old school match that you know I think this could be a buyer beware if you're of a certain taste in wrestling. But I thought this was a classic style match. Uh, probably my favorite match to take place in America. I don't know if, if everybody feels that way, but that was just me. Uh, number six is another unique match, and that is Metallico versus Virus. Again, for May 31st. May 31st was that day in wrestling from U.S. and Mexico. Um, that was at Husio Final. Uh, these guys had a career versus career match. To, uh, to me, Virus was such a great wrestler. And he's so underrated in CMLL. Uh, if you're a fan of Lucha, you know who I'm talking about. But he's like, yeah, he's like the Cesaro of CMLL. If you're a WWE fan, like somebody who's awesome but never gets any time, or probably, probably even worse than that, he's probably like Ronnie Mendoza or so, someone like that on 205 Live that never gets any shine, or Isaiah Swerve Scott or something like that. But this guy could do everything. One of the best technical wrestlers uh, in the world to me, Metallico has never been any good, to be honest with you, but gave the performance of his life in this match. And I thought it was special because it was unexpected. The Arena Mexico crowd was all in on this. And that's something that you don't get in a lot of other companies that Lucha does have over the others, is that the crowd is at another level in Arena Mexico matches. So uh, really a memorable match, and I thought the best Lucha Libre match in 2019. Number Number five on my list, we're getting to the top five now. And this is, again, we're going back to Japan. I think all of my top five is actually in Japan. So uh, shout-outs to the American and the Mexican matches that made my list. But number five to me, Takuya Nomura and Yuji Okabayashi. Big Japan. uh, Osaka Surprise, July 21st. Nomura is somebody that's real on the radar of the... You know, if you're outside of the New Japan bubble in Japanese wrestling... Uh, Nomura is somebody that you know is going to be the future of Japanese wrestling on that level. And maybe Big Japan, they're booking so whack that, that he may not be. He may have to leave before he ever gets to fulfill his potential. But the this guy, he's got everything you want in a wrestler, both as a singles and a tag team. And Okabayashi, if you know him, this guy is unbelievable. 
he's another like power again another Ishii-esque wrestler but bigger and faster and more explosive i would say and despite the attendance because this wasn't the most successful show because they had a the storyline leading to this was okabayashi beaten over on like five times in a row um on uh some tag matches building up but they this match had the passion and the fire that you needed to get it from take it from a great strong style you know big japan style of match to a match of the year candidate level uh just had the hard hitting the big bombs nomura he was desperate to take the the take the torch it wasn't a passing of the torch he wanted to take it from one of the best wrestlers in the world and okabayashi he showed his talent as a multifaceted performer here to me he was the dominant wrestler which is what his size called for he's a lot bigger than nomura but also his selling was a really compelling he made nomura look like a star one of the best all-around matches of 2019 i think it's going to go under the radar because it was in big japan and it just wasn't i just it just really we really don't know what's going to happen with nomura because of the booking i feel like but that was my number five number four nanai takahashi and takumi iroha from may 25th seedling uh seedling they're low-key they had some of the best wrestling of the year this year and you know this is one of the best examples again i talked about it last time with uh, nomura trying to grab the torch and take it from the ace of the company in this case this was one of the great passing of the torch moments in wrestling uh you know takahashi she's uh, criticized a lot if you follow joshi if you're really adept to that because let's face it she runs the company you know, she's like the Triple H of Seedling right now, uh, except for like a way better wrestler, <laughs> actually. Because um, I think her criticism that she takes is a lot of times unfair. But, and she, this was another example of it because she used her strong booking of her title reign for the greater good because she put over not only a younger star, but an outsider. Uh, I thought this match itself, if you look at the wrestling, was a mix of both 90s all japan and new japan style of the 90s just with lighter weight performers here uh, obviously women but they had some stiff strikes that they used big kicks from iroha and some big bombs too you know big, big time head dropping moments uh, pretty much uh, the finishing stretch was really amazing and i thought uh iroha especially she showed why she deserves to be at the top of the list she went a little underrated for a long time she's a former stardom prospect uh, she left the company, and she's really just now getting to that point where she's going to that top of the Joshi scene, similar to how we saw Sari uh, last year. I think Iroha is just every bit as good and can be even more, and I thought these two had a tremendous match with a fantastic blending of styles. That was my number four. Number three was from a really surprising place. If you know me, you know I'm not into comedy wrestling. Me and James talked about that last time. Uh, when I was on the Stardom Urine show. But number three came to me from DDT Pro Wrestling. Uh, don't tune me out right now because this was a completely serious match. Uh, Konosuke Takeshita versus Harashima. A big time title match right here in DDT because they have a lot of faults. If you're not a fan of the comedy, some people love it. It's not for everybody. But the, in the match like this, they showed they could deliver big when it's the right people in the right situation. Situation because Takeshita is really the antithesis of what DDT is about to a lot of fans. Uh, because this was a straight up serious match. Uh, 
Hiroshima, to compare this, maybe if you're not a big fan of DDT, this would kind of be like, uh, you know, an Okada and Tanahashi match from years ago, where the young ace has been on top for a long time, and now the old guy is coming back for one more run at the top for the title. And they had a tremendous match. The crowd was going completely crazy with it. Uh, I would really try and give this match an open mind because, like I said, I know that DDT is not necessarily for everybody. But I thought these two just had a fantastic performance. I uh, told a classic tried-and-true story. This wasn't like they reinvented the wheel or did anything crazy. It was all straight-up wrestling. And you know, Takeshita is just an unbelievable talent. Uh, I always wish that he would go somewhere else because, like I said, I'm not a big fan of DDT personally uh, in terms of the comedy. But I think these guys really got it done. I uh, highly recommend that match, and I think it might give you a new appreciation for them. That was my number three. Number two is a match from New Japan, my highest-rated New Japan match of the year here. And I don't think there needs to even be any discussion or introduction to this match because this was Shingo Takagi versus Tomohiro Ishii from August 8th, the G1 Climax. To me, I would say this. This kind of match, to me, is a soul food match. Maybe it's not great. Per- you know, Maybe it's not perfect. Maybe there's things wrong with it. But no matter what, this kind of match... You're always gonna like it, just like if soul food. You're not always; it's not always gonna be perfectly made or the kind of food you want, but you're always gonna end up liking it when you eat it. And that's what I feel like in this match because this was like, and this was the best possible version. This was like the best Memphis ribs you could find ever. This match was everything you expect and want for these two names involved. And I think something that really makes it special to me is that if you look at a lot of the big matches with Will Ospreay and Kazuchika Okada. They dominate New Japan throughout the year, and they have a really epic style. This was really bare bones with Shingo and Ishii. It wasn't anything fancy. This was all about trying to beat the crap out of each other, try and win that match. And I thought that really brought it up to me, and I really appreciate it because it's such a rarity outside of guys like these in New Japan right now. It was brutal but beautiful. It was brutal. That's the only way I could describe it. I highly recommend that match. But still, it wasn't my number one because there was only one match that could be number one for me. And if you listen to my last show, I you know usually most years I don't have a favorite in terms of a single match. Some years I do, some years I don't. This was one of the years that it was really, really hard for me to pick a number one because I honestly think I honestly like the difference between number one and number ten is real small. Like, you can go any way you want. But to me, I had to go with a match that captured me in terms of the drama, the consequences, and the in-ring performance itself. And that was from November 2nd, from Seedling again. I told you, stop sleeping on Seedling. Like, they'll wake you up here. It was Nane Takahashi versus Arisa Nakajima. Title and hair versus hair match. I just thought this was the peak of the Max Voltage and Las Fresas de Egoistas, which translates to the selfish strawberries. You didn't know that if you don't speak Spanish. And you can't even, I tried looking it up on Google Translate to make sure I was right. It's not even there, so you know I'm talking you know real Spanish right now when I say that. Uh, but their whole rivalry was really big on the last half or the last quarter, really, of the seedling year. Uh and it was also the culmination of years of stuff between Nakajima and Takahashi, who go back you know, well over a decade at this point, when Nakajima was still a JWP fixture, 
Uh, Takahashi was doing her things. So we're going back into the dark ages of Joshi right now with these two's feuds. But in the end, it saw the two main people and their respective groups square off with both the company's top title and each woman's hair on the line. I think the only thing that you could really say about this match, which kind of had me thinking about taking it away, was that the crowd wasn't with it the way it was for some of these other matches. So if you're somebody that's huge into big crowd reactions, I think that could take it away from you. But if you look at the match itself and the wrestling, these these women had everything in their match. There was hard-hitting action. There was drama. The finishing stretch, because there was a part where, and this is my point of the match I want to point out here, they basically built, there was a lot of great pacing throughout the match at high energy, but then there was a point where they had a standoff, and it felt like that was the moment where things were about to kick, and you know, kick into that top gear, and things got real from then on. And I think this was the one that appealed to me the most, because I loved what we saw. Takahashi losing her hair was like a really cr- uh, crazy moment to me. And then also you have the, like, you know, back behind the scenes backstory of everything and her writing, almost writing off into the sunset for a while because she's going to be out for the first part of 2020. Uh, we don't really know when or if she's coming back. But she ended it on a hell of a note here. Her and Nakajima, unbelievable talents, two of the best wrestlers in Joshi or, you know, anybody, you know, like men or women. I think these two have shut it down here and i thought this was definitely a worthy addition to the match of the year collection of years and years past so hopefully y'all enjoyed my my list and james hopefully you enjoyed it too but uh that's all i gotta say that's my top 10 right now for the year and hopefully y'all like the show Hello, my name is Matt Mayer, aka Imp, and these are my top 10 matches for the year. But first, a couple of honourable mentions. Uh, Ronda Rousey versus Sasha Banks from the Royal Rumble. Uh, an amazing back and forth match that Sasha Banks made Ronda Rousey look like a star that night. So I'll give an honourable mention to that one. And Shingo Takagi versus Tetsuya Naito. LIJ, uh, the LIJ daddy does the job for the LIJ big man. <laughs> amazing match. <laughs> really, really, uh, yeah, recommend everybody. There's a million G1 matches to recommend, which makes these te- top 10 so difficult. <laughs> but I've limited myself down <laughs> to try and get different promotions. So, uh, first at number 10, uh, let's completely fail on Duracada versus Sonata from the New Japan Cup. The final, if I'm right, was from the, it was in that tournament. Uh, it, this was Sonata's arrival, and ever since, it's kind of like, elevate this man. <laughs> he is ready. He's so ready for this. And he's... He's arguably the fact that he got better and better, and better but this was his coming out party. Uh, absolutely. Uh, in terms of New Japan matches to watch throughout the year, like if you do like a best match of the month kind of thing to follow it all, 100% watch this one for before the MSG shows. This was like a peak moment for Sonata, like finally arrived. Uh, number nine, Becky Lynch versus Sasha Banks inside Hell in a Cell. I think uh, on this, the boys' show, I talked about how this match built so damn well to the actual match itself and it was the perfect culmination it was so damn creative and the fact it was so damn creative and not much went wrong like that is like an even better peak <laughs> so these two have had like one of the best Hell in a Cell matches in such a long time and they didn't do any stupid spots <laughs> so <laughs> next up uh, Juice Robinson versus John Moxley can't remember the event but it's the one where they had the awesome brawl so that one 
it was like a no disqualification kind of thing. Uh, John Moxley's first match in New Japan Pro Wrestling, he just brought a special aura with him, as well as Shota Umino, who became like his <laughs> protege of sorts as his young lion. Uh, this was a amazing uh, brawl of sorts. Uh, it was one of those where they did the hype video building beforehand throughout the best of the super juniors. And it just, I just assumed it was going to be another British lad or somebody like that. Next thing I know, the death rider is Dean flipping Ambrose. <laughs> it's John Moxley. <laughs> He's turning to new Japan to wreck havoc. And the, he just, as soon as he enters the arena, it's just such a different aura. And in the build as well, Juice Robinson was acting serious. Like, I know who this is, but I'm still like, it's just another British lad. <laughs> I don't, it's fine. It'll be, it'll be Chris Brooks or someone. <laughs> Perfectly fine. Uh, but no, then it's John Moxley. And he and Juice in their entrances are so serious. This was the match where Juice Robinson took off his... Oh, I can't remember. I think he was dressed as Macho Man <laughs> at the time with the really weird sleeper hat. <laughs> kind of thing. So, he t- think... Um, Think Mr. T in WTW. <laughs> that is, is that hat. It's, it's Mr. I want to say it was Mr. T, where he wore the, uh, the stripy pajamas. <laughs> had to sleep out. Oh, it's a funny image. But yeah, so uh, Juice took that off and he had his hair cut. He's like, oh damn, this is serious. <laughs> and uh, the match is built from there. So in, it's such a brawl of a match as well. Like John Moxley got his character over so like immediately with this brawl, and Juice Robinson stepped up to match him as well. Like, two stars immediately made on one night. Just such an incredible match. Uh, I'm going to have to move on. <laughs> I've spent ages on this list. Uh, number seven, the G1 Climax Final. I told you I'd fail. <laughs> the G1 Climax Final, uh, Jay White versus Kota Ibushi. Uh, another one where the story within it was done so damn well with Kota Ibushi in the final last year and not able to step up. This year, he had to do it against more mischievous odds <laughs> let's say and he was able to step up over everything so and the story they told was fantastic and Kota Ibushi having to get through a card in the first place to even be here like an incredible run the blue slash purple ankle from like two matches into the tournament uh, played that off well with Jay White as well who as the heel zones in on it <laughs> he goes crazy on that ankle and uh, they just built from there so damn well and Ibushi had to step up and he did so yeah, another amazing G1 Climax final. They're always on the top ten, like, every single year. Uh, number six, the Elimination Chamber WWE Championship match. A roller coaster of a match. Uh, WWE's greatest accident, when it wasn't even meant to happen. And then Mustafa Ali gets injured. In comes Kofi Kingston. And they have uh, just a dream story on their hands that plays out. And they play out every single beat perfectly. In this match, like, the biggest... Of course, where he kicks out of the knee as well, the crowd go, holy crap! Is this actually going to end differently? And every single person in that arena is chanting for Kofi. He's on their feet for that man. And he goes for a splash off the top and it misses. And you just hear heartbreak. And it's such a unique moment. Uh, Afterwards as well with Kofi Kingston sitting on the steps with his New Day brothers. And they're just like, "You, you did so damn well, man. And just patting him on the back. And you just feel so sorry for him in that moment. Like he came that close to realizing the dream and just fell short. It was like the perfect chapter in that story for the next step before WrestleMania. And in terms of WWE, to see the crowd so strongly behind a wrestler is kind of rare to that degree. So like all the kudos in the world to them for absolutely nailing that. At number five, women's war games in NXT. The... Best War Games match NXT have done in my books. It's my favourite by far. 
the turn with Dakota Kai turning on Tegan Knox and beating the crap out of her to then get lovely hair. She had crap hair as a face. <laughs> now she gets the over-the-top do. <laughs> She's a bad guy. <laughs> it's a weird WWE rule, or just a wrestling rule. You can't have nice hair if you're a baby face. <laughs> but yeah, so she got that. It's like the reverse of the men's. The men's get a haircut. It's like, oh, damn, it's a heel haircut. <laughs> it's not the same with the women. So with the... So those guys turned, suddenly the match just jumped up in momentum and it never died down. Uh, even when the heels were on top, it was building that four and two a disadvantage for the good guys, of which they overcame by being absolute badasses. Uh, the, I guess the bad guys taking too many risks and they paid the price for it. And Ray Ripley and Candice Ray were able to just fight their way back and feel like two incredible, uh, I guess, wrestlers just to make it to at that point. And of course, with Ray Ripley pinning the champion Shayna Baszler as well, setting that up further down the road, they made a star that night in, uh, in Ray Ripley. Incre- and of course, an incredible match from start to finish as well, with such amazing highs. Uh, and moonsaults off the top of the cage, which automatically sends it on my lists. Uh, number four, speaking of jumping off stuff, it's time for Air Ishii, John Boxley versus Tomo Ishii, <laughs> which pumps the air. <laughs> God, this. Oh, I absolutely love this match. Kurokan Hall. Uh, was um, amazing for this night overall. Uh, even with uh, John Moxley brawling into the crowd with Ishii and bashing his head off the east sign, <laughs> that was lovely. <laughs> I really like that. And it's just, it's just built on bit on built, and they had a chair duel as well. As in, both these men are going crazy. <laughs> they do not care for their well-being at all. And it just it, it's like, what is going to happen next? And as I talked about earlier, a Ishii, like Tomo Ishii, taking to the top rope to dive to the outside and destroy John Moxley. It was uh, it, it is elevated to points I didn't think I'd ever see, and AEGE being the thing I remember the most. <laughs> it was such a such a fantastic match to watch. And at the time, there was a question of is John Moxley fitting in in New Japan? Is he going to have that match which cements him as like a top New Japan guy? This was it. He arrived with this match, uh, easily a top five. Uh, number three, uh, Adam Cole versus Johnny Gargano from TakeOver New York. I described this on the One Nation Radio show as like a religious experience for me. Where I was out cold, I was ill. It was like I was drunk and then I was given the spelling salts <laughs> to wake up. It was in- incredible. It was a unique experience for me because I wasn't very well. But this match just woke me up like it was midday or something. I was so awake for it. The crowd were seemingly on their feet for like 15, 20 minutes, which couldn't have been true, but to ill me it was. I don't want to go back and watch it because it was such a unique experience that I rate it as one of like my favourite moments of being a wrestling fan, being that ill and then coming back to experience and coming back awake and alive <laughs> to experience such a high. Uh, yes, such uh, for me, this was an amazing match. And the fact it's topping so many, I guess, best of the year list, it probably means that I wasn't just me on my ill self. A lot of people really agreed with me. <laughs> so that's all to say. Uh, but yeah, one of my favourite matches of the year. Uh, number two, Will Ospreay versus Shingo Takagi, best of the Super Juniors final. The, uh, I was so close to putting this number one. Number one and two were so back and forth because this was by far my favourite New Japan match of the year. I was... I was behind Will Ospreay, obviously being British, I have to support my fellow Brit. <laughs> but you'll notice that on prediction stuff as well, that I'm like, no, I'm going with Zack Sabre Jr. <laughs> he needs his comeback from like Boris Johnson. <laughs> that needs to get his comeback. But uh, so I was behind the Brit Will Ospreay, but Shingo Takagi was undefeated at that point, And I was like, Shingo's winning. This is his moment. They're putting him over here. But they didn't. 
and they actually use the undefeated guy to put over the champion. And Will Ospreay feels like such a big deal now. And this match is such a good job of, of the painter Shingo Takagi as that undefeatable beast. But Will Ospreay is just of another level. And he, he was, he it really turned out that Will Ospreay was the guy who was like throughout this tournament, like almost like four to five star matches every single night. It's insane. He got like a five star match out of Rocky Romero. <laughs> he was insane across this tournament. And this was like a peak of just such a perfect match. Both guys came out of it feeling like superstars. And it didn't even feel out of the question for the juniors to maybe main event the uh, Tokyo Dome, given the hype around this match. And Will Ospreay did his best <laughs> in the interviews, but that obviously something else has happened. But this was by far my favourite New Japan match. And if you know anything about me, I'm a major New Japan nerd and fan. So to reach that point, you have to be something special. For me, this match was absolutely special. So many like draw-dropping moments, <laughs> which just shots me and just swung on. It swung back and forth, and the entire time I'm just waiting for Shingo to do that move, to do something which takes him out, be it Made in Japan, be it the Shingo Lariat, <laughs> whatever it is. But Will Ospreay kept kicking out. <laughs> like, what do you do? And uh, then Will Ospreay was, he killed the man, <laughs> essentially, to win it in the end. Uh, such an amazing performance. Uh, yeah. So, and then, of course, number one, the one was going back and forth constantly between this and the last match. Uh, Daniel Bryan versus Kofi Kingston. Really what decided it was talking about it on the show with uh, Richard James. Just for me, in every category of which you can kind of assess a match to like story and I guess the skill of which they were trying to do and the wrestling itself, the momentum for it, it was it fives across the board or tens, depending on how you're doing it. This was such a good match. It for me this was perfect. This is what wrestling can and should be. It's really not that difficult. This is the perfect template of what to do in terms of build, in terms of execution, hitting all of the right notes at the right point. This was that match. I, I went on the roller coaster as well. I was I was so into so behind Kofi Kingston that every time they swore to Daniel Bryan, I was like, Oh god, not again <laughs> kind of thing. But they didn't do it. They teased me with that instead of that actually being the finish and it it built to Kofi winning so damn well. Uh, all of the stars in the world for this one. It's, for me, this was wrestling perfection. This is what WWE can do when they're not doing whatever weird stuff they're doing. <laughs> this is what this is what they can do every single year, or at least for every single like major pay-per-view. They can do this. They just don't for some reason. And this was the shining example of what WWE can do in the modern day. Like WWE be fantastic isn't a thing that can't happen anymore. This was that example. So, yes, Daniel Bryan, Kofi Kingston, easily my match of the year. All right, number 10, we had Will Ospreay versus Kazuchika Okada from the G1 Climax Day 7. Um, It just, Ospreay had an amazing year, an epic year. Uh, one of those things where he's clearly was better than everybody else this one year. So this match, you know, proved that even more. And Okada's Okada, you know, he's just, he's one of those people that could be the MVP every year. If you really wanted him to be Uh number nine, Kota Ibushi versus Jay White G one climax finals. I was rooting for Jay White all the way. 
Uh, but, uh, Kota Hobushi, uh, pulled it out. No, but, but seriously, uh, you want to talk about a baby feast hill dynamic. This was classic. And, you know, even the crowd was just like, they, it, as much as they wanted Obushi to win, they wanted Jay White to lose and definitely, uh, got into that. Uh, number eight, uh, big Tom Ishii, Tomohiro Ishii versus John Moxley. Uh, G1 Climax, I believe it was day six. They just beat the shit out of each other and I enjoyed it. I mean, it was just one of those primal type of matches that I enjoy. Uh, number seven, uh, they tried to kill each other. Uh, Kota Bushi versus Naito, uh, uh versus Naito, uh, G1 Supercard. I was just thought, yeah, they were going to try to, this was, uh, one of the starts of their drop each other on the head type of matches. Uh, number six, uh, WWE Elimination Chamber 19. Uh, you know, I was in the building and good lord, they wanted, Co- uh, they wanted Kofi to win that match so, so bad. Everybody was on the edge of their seats, if not standing. It was just one of those emotional moments. I thought we were going to get Kofi winning the title then. Uh, number five, which I talked, uh, on a previous episode, uh, Lucha Bros versus Young Bucks all out. I thought people were going to die in that match. That match was so exciting. Uh, again, I will, if it wasn't so universally loved, I would say that me being in the first row made the difference, but that match was just killer. Uh, <laughs> Daniel Bryan versus Kofi Kingston in WrestleMania 35. I, uh, I said this on one of the other shows I do for the culture. I mean, it was just like what it meant to, uh, a lot of people being an African American person, uh, having someone become the actual WWE champion. Uh, it was just an emotional moment for everybody there. And it's like, you know, you've seen some people that just didn't get it, but yeah, it was a big moment. Uh, Adam Cole versus Johnny Gargano. It actually happened the night before WrestleMania at TakeOver New York. Uh, believe that was best two out of three. I don't remember, honestly. I remember the match and I remember the finish, but when you came in there, it was again, the crowd wanted Adam Cole to win. Adam Cole was so over that night and, uh, Johnny Gargano won and he ended up getting the pop. Cause it did tell that perfect story of him finally, uh, reaching the top of the mountain. Number two, one of the best matches I've ever seen in my life. Will Ospreay versus Shingo, best of the Super Juniors finals. That match, like, it is, uh, as my friend Rich uses every now and then was a religious experience. <laughs> it, it was one of those matches that it was just so hard hit. No idea who's going to win until like the last thirty seconds. It was like that's how you build a that's how you build a streak and end it. Was that match? Will Osprey had to go to absolute another level to finally put the uh, shoulders down to Shingo. Uh, him taking his first pinfall, it was amazing. And then number one, Cardi- Cody versus Dustin, double or nothing. I I make it clear that this is my favorite match ever. It's gonna take something miraculous to uh, uh, to um, top it. Uh, before this, it was you know Shawn Michaels versus Bret Hart WrestleMania 12. Maybe the Omega Okada at uh, Dominion. 
but as far as emotions, I was completely emotionally tied to this match. It was one of those things because I love Dustin and Cody so much. I really didn't know who I wanted to win. And just the thrown in, uh, thrown stop to the hugs and them tagging up together. And, you know, they're, uh, it, even Dustin coming out with a shirt that said Dustin's favorite on it. Oh my God. Everything about that story was perfect for me. That was pro wrestling. So that is my top 10 list. 